Hey, what's up, folks? Another week to live life aggressive show. Still bringing all the bangers in for 2019, so today is no exception. Got Sincere Hogan here, got Mike Mall on the other side. You folks should know that already because it says it in the title. Live Life Aggressively with Mike Mall and Sincere Hogan. How about that? <laughs> so there you go, man. How about that for an intro? What's going on, man? I'm doing good, man. We got an old friend of mine on the show. I, I met this guy back in 2002 at the second RKC ever, Will Chung. Great guy, super knowledgeable about all things fitness and all things industry insider fitness. So we're going to get into a lot of that today. Will, how you doing, man? Welcome. I'm doing great, brother. Thank you for having me on, Mike. Sincere, a pleasure meeting you, Sincere. Yeah, we've been talking for about an hour. It's a lot of interesting topics. <laughs> talking about some dirt on quite a few luminaries in the industry. <laughs> right. Our experiences, at least. That's what, you know, that's what we can discuss, right? Our experiences. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You right. have a lot of experiences. But let, let's get into a little bit about who you are and what you're working on right now, because I've known you for a long time, and you're an extremely knowledgeable fitness expert, but you tend to stay below the radar because... You're too busy out there actually working with people. So you don't have time to post pics of yourself at the beach. <laughs> you don't play the Instagram game of of putting on this facade of what your life is. You're actually out there living your life. Right. And I, when I'm at the beach, I do, you know, like I, I have about, that's what I'm known for because there are a lot of people who are successful, right? And that's, that's right. a, a contextual definition, right? What is success, right? I know a lot of people who make more money than me. I train a ton of people who make more money than me, but they don't have freedom. And I have freedom. And that's what I would think most trainers would want. People, just the archetype of the psychology of people who tend to train people, they get up and train people early morning before they go to work. They usually have a lull when they train people either on lunch or after school and, and after work. So they tend to not hit traffic, if you think about it just from a, a pragmatic point of view, because they're zigging when everyone else is zagging. You know, they're not going to a nine-to-five job. So right, just right. that context, it draws that industry, our industry draws people who tend to think and behave differently than the average nine-to-fiver. And that being said, we want some type of freedom. We don't want to be in a cubicle, you know, just like you, Mike. You want the freedom to go, you know, walk your dogs, work out, you know, like to optimize your sleep, right, right. and all that stuff. Yeah. And that, that to me is success, you know, like, and that's what I focus on. You know, I'm well known for that. And people get very frustrated because they're like, they reach out to me and private message me, and they're like, how do I learn about your stuff? Because I heard about you at Ido Portales Camp or at Onnit or whatever, and I'm like, uh, you're talking to them. Like, go ahead, ask me any question. They want a PDF file. They want a presentation. They want a YouTube right. seminar. They, that, right. It's like asking Hugh Jackman, who do I ask to get more information about you? It's like, I'm here, mate. Like, what do you do? Like, you know? And, you know, and it's been an interesting journey from when we last met because I was always amenable to talking to people, you know, and answering their questions. But I found... Most people in our industry start lifting weights or doing something because of an insecurity. And no matter how muscular they get 100%. or how much money they make or how many, uh, you know, people they sleep with, they're still that little person. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's so true. And, that's so true. And, yeah. and that to me is not health. That's not success. If you're beholden to that 
whatever, old story. I, I don't even, I'm not even trying to label it. I'm not trying to psychoanalyze it. I, I'm a very pragmatic person. I'm a solution-orientated person. So I am under the radar because uh, my body of work and just, let me put it to this way, because, you know, I do a lot of Skype consultations and training sessions with people all over the world. And just, if I just videotaped the people who were in the background alone, not the actual clients. I mean, let's not even discuss the clients for a second. Just the people walking around in the background, the celebrities, the world record holders, the, the CEOs of certain companies. That alone would be hilarious because, you know, like-minded people always surround themselves with like-minded people. So if you're trading someone of, you know, the greatest of all time, one of the powerlifting, Muay Thai, you would say, like they're surrounded by other great wrestlers, powerlifters, right. strength and conditioning coaches. And to give you a very recent example, um, I want to say October or November of last year, a few months ago, uh, one of my dear friends, Jason Park, he's a great guy. And I can tell you how I got into him. Actually, Chad Waterbury introduced us because he mm -hmm. met him and interned under him while he was getting his DPT for physical therapy. And uh, Jason Park is now part of uh, Anderson Silva's camp. And he's brilliant and he's wonderful. He's very knowledgeable. He's got a Muay Thai background. Um, great young, and he happens to be a Korean too. So we have that kind of bond going. So he was coming into town and one of his Muay Thai fighters was headlining in Madison Square Garden. So he invited me to come, you know, watch. And uh, I, one of my friends was visiting actually from California. So I said, hey, one of my friends is with me. You know, I would love to bring her because I'm, I'm an all-inclusive guy. You know, like if I'm hanging out with my friends and I'm going to meet Chad Waterbury, I bring my friends with me. You know, I'm not like this. Like, if you and I were hanging out, Mike, I'd be like, hey, you want to do, do you know Chad? Oh, like, I'm not the type, you know, in our industry, it's like we hoard our resources, right? Like, yeah. that's my connection. Right. I don't want you to steal my whatever connection over at Muscle Fitness or whatever. No, so true. I remember Josh right. Henkin. He's a, he's a friend of mine. He's a really cool guy. I remember early in my career, whenever I would do a course in Phoenix, I would always invite him to come out. Just so that people there know him, you know, if they want a local resource, and he was right. always just uh, amazed by that because he's like, no one does that in this industry. <laughs> There's his and he's he had been in it for a lot longer than I have at that time, so he was just amazed by that. I go ah, to me, it's it's win win for everyone. Having someone like him on site helps me because he's a great resource. The students now have another voice because he can chime in with great information as well, and people that live in Phoenix they may want more information or they want private sessions or they want a local resource. And there he is. So you're, you're just providing more value to everyone. You're helping a friend, you're helping your right. students and you're helping yourself. So there's, there's no negative right. whatsoever. Correct. And that's what I think is that win, win, win situation. So I go to the garden and we sit, we're sitting front row right behind the Hooters girl. So best seat in the house, you know, sitting there with my, uh, <laughs> one of my dear friends and, uh, you know, you get to see a lot of cool people, and there's a lot of history. I know a lot of people. I know a lot of the Muay Thai coaches because I worked with a lot of UFC fighters. So I know a lot of people in the local area, so it was good to see a lot of them. And um, basically, at the end of the night, if any of you guys are Muay Thai fans, one of the – and he's a little lesser known than Raymond Deckers. He actually fought and beat Raymond Deckers. He's considered the most successful non-Thai Muay Thai fighter. His name is Danny Doe. And he fought in front of the king in Thailand on, you know, the, you know, uh, the king's birthday and, and, and literally beat Thai fighters in Thailand 
back in the day. I'm not talking about now, but back in the yeah. day before that was a thing, right? So he was there as a guest and, you know, he's, I want to say 45, so he's injured. He's got some issues. So, you know, all these fights are happening. You know, Jason cornered uh, his fighter, uh, Nathan Ward, who won that night. And then as soon as the event is over, security's basically pushing people out, right? So Jason went back to the dressing room with his fighter. All is good. He, in, he walks over and makes it a point to take Danny Bill, and he says, Will, please come over here. And he says, this is my good friend, Will. And he is one of the best at what he does. You know, maybe you can help him with your hip. Just talk to him. So he just made the introduction, and then he ran to the locker room. So <laughs> then Danny was in town doing a seminar, and he goes to me, um, so what do you do exactly? He's got, like, this French guy and his accent. He's like, you know, and he goes, you know, what do you do exactly? And, you know, and the guy who's hosting him is this young man. So I meet him, and his name is Spida. It's not Spider, it's Spida. He made it very clear. So I was like, all right, Spida. Spider Hunter? So, uh, I don't know his last name, Spida, but his... Yeah, he's out of, uh, what, Australia? He's, no, he's out of, uh, Wood, he's New Jersey. He's out of New Jersey. Okay, and, okay. But what's funny is when I met his business partner the next day, I knew him because he's worked with Frankie Edgar's guys. I, you know, I've worked with Frankie Edgar's team. So we knew people in common. So that was the, the connection there. But Spida basically uh, also asked me, so who are you? What do you do exactly? And again, we're getting ushered out and it's very loud because it's Madison Square Garden. And my friend's there. And this is what I tell my people all the time about business in terms of the fitness industry is sometimes you only have a few minutes to sell yourself. Yeah. And it's hard not to be a douche, you know, to be like, well, I know this person and I don't, you know, like, look at my abs, you know, like, you know, I, I can, you know, I could deadlift twice my body weight, two, two and a half times my body Like, you know, I call it being a douchebag, you know, like, you know, in Jersey, we got a lot of those. So oh, yeah. my thing was, so I said to him, I said, you know how martial arts is about disintegrating someone physically, anatomically, psychologically? They're like, yes. I go, I reverse engineer those principles to integrate people. And they're like, oh my, so Danny Bill's like, oh, that makes sense. And Spider was like, yo man, I see what you did there. So I'm just trying to connect. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm not trying to pretend to be something or something that I'm not. And right away, Danny's like, I, I'd like you to come. I'm doing two seminars tomorrow. I have a break in the middle of the day. Can you come? I said, just send me the address. He got my number. He goes, send me the address and I'll be there at whatever time you tell me to. And then here's context. So we're trying to get out of the garden, and I live down the, you know, I live in Jersey down the, on the coast. I live on the water. So by the time I get home, it's 3 a.m., right, due to traffic and all this other stuff. So I, I get home at 3 a.m., and then my friend had to reschedule her flight because she, she was planning on flying out. But once she got, you know, she got the okay that we got, you know, four seats to the garden, she was like, ah, I'm going to stay another day. I said, stay another day. So she slept over. So her next flight was that I had to leave my house at 5.30 a.m. to take her to the airport. I took her to the airport, came back home, took a nap, got up, and drove to to see Danny Bill. And I went there, and, you know, he was walking out, and I said, I'm here. And he says, oh, let's go inside. And I started working with him, and Jason was very curious. And, again, I start with very simple things. He showed me what his issues were, showed me how difficult it was to do something as simple as tie his shoe or bring, pull his leg up without using his hands. So I just tested his range of motion, like on his dorsi flexion. Then I did rotation. Then I did these tests. And then I retested his ability to lift his, his leg onto his thigh without using his hands 
and it improved. And he looked at me like, whoa, are you kidding me? And I was like, no. And then when I asked him, I asked him to do this dorsi flexion drill I call toe tappers. And I have a whole progression for it. And he, I, started, I said, do 100 of these. And again, I just threw a number out because I wanted him to go as far as he could go. And he's yeah. like, I don't think I could do 100. I was like, and you were a Muay Thai champion with that kind of attitude? Come on. <laughs> and, he, and then he started, and then he started going, because I, you know, I'm around world champions all the time. So, you know, people have a certain mindset, whether it's a business yeah. CEO or what. So he, that got him fired up. And, you know, as a side note, and this is what I appreciate. We talked a lot about, like, all these different people in the industry who don't give credit or plagiarize or whatever, like the good ones do. And someone like uh, Joe DeFranco for this particular dorsal flexion drill I'd given, and he loved it so much. I told him to do, let's say, 50. And he posted on social, and this is a few years back, mind you. But he goes, uh-huh. I, I only did 30, but damn, do my hips feel really good. He goes, I'm going to show Triple H and Stephanie McMahon this drill because they're <laughs> jacked up too. And I was like, good, I'm glad. And he publicly stated that, you know, on the social media platform. You know, that's not me making it up. That's not a private yeah. message. He, he, put, he put it out there, and I appreciate that. You know, it shows you those who are truly talented and innovative are always good with giving credit and thanking people, you know? Yeah, 100%. Well, what's wrong with giving credit anyway? Um, exactly. somehow people I mean, what, feel like what, what, what did that get taken away from you? Yeah, it doesn't diminish you in any way. In fact, in, in, in any way, hey, I'm make... learning from some of the best, so that, that's why I'm good, because I'm learning from the best. So yeah, it's like exactly. you're adding you know, your value. Yeah, it shows that you've actually worked with some of the best, so it's a positive thing. Right. I mean, Mark, Mark Phillips made a world of difference on my deadlift technique. He has this really mm. interesting technique where you drop your hips almost like an Olympic lifting pool. You drop your hips really low to the point where your arms are actually bent, and then you straighten your arms quickly and then rip the bar off the ground. And it loads up your legs so nicely and takes the stress off your lower back, and it just gets you through the most dangerous part of the motion. And it took me a while to get it down. The first time he showed it to me, uh, I didn't really get what he was trying to do because I was just starting to get back into deadlifting, so it was too much too soon. But last right. year, I started playing around with that technique again, and it made such a huge difference. And anytime I would talk about that technique, I would mention him because I didn't want anyone thinking this is something I came up with. And I was happy to do that. And and why is that not a positive thing? Just the fact that I even know Mark Philippi looks good. He's world-renowned, strongman yeah. legend. Right. He's most credit in the world. But, you know, that's, that's what this is all about, and that's the caliber of people. Because after I worked with Danny Bill, he was so happy. That he goes, what are you doing now? I said, I'm going to go home. He goes, why don't you take the next seminar? So he, I got to take a world-class Muay Thai seminar. I got to train with them. And even when they took the group picture, you know, you know, I, I just like kind of kneeled down. He's like, no, 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 Will, you come next to me. You come stand next to me. So he was so appreciative. And that's, that's cool. the caliber. And, you know, you talk about Mark Philippi, right? He, he was good friends with Eddie Cohen, right? Oh, yeah. And, yeah, they're good friends yeah. still, yeah. Yep. He talks about Eddie him. Cohen, he, he, he gives Ed all the credit in the world. He said that if it wasn't for Ed, he wouldn't have. He never would have competed in strongman because Ed's the one who got him in there. Ed's the one who got him into powerlifting competitions, and Ed's the one who helped him out with his facility in Vegas. So there's an example of of a guy doing what we're talking about. He always gives Ed all the credit in the world. Ed's amazing. I, again, I want to say a month or so ago, I was in Chicago, and uh, I went to meet Michael Van Beek, who's uh, he does Fulker County. Focus counterviolence. He's excellent, hmm. excellent, excellent at you know like like the Tim Larkin, like that that uh, yeah, sure. Tony Blower, you know the real yeah. self defense, you know not the bullshit, right. you know not the McDojo, you know kind of bullshit. <laughs> so exactly. so he literally 
so I, got, I met him, had breakfast with him, and he was training Eddie that day. And I was like, yeah, I'm a fan. So he, he was very nice to introduce us. And I got to train with Eddie Cohen, but martial arts. So we were, and, he, and Eddie, man, can move. I'm telling you, that boy, I was impressed. He, he could fight. He was like, whipped out his knife. He's like, well, check this. I like, he was one of the coolest guys ever. And I was doing warm-ups with Michael and showing him stuff. And he's like, oh, this feels really good. And, and you could see when Eddie walked in, his gears are turning. He's like, oh, Charles Polican showed me stuff. What you're doing is you're creating this inhibition. I was like, yeah, all that fancy. That's a lot of fancy talk for me. I, I blocked too many punches with my face, Eddie. I don't talk that fancy. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and we became fast friends. And he was just like, literally like, hey, just call me Eddie. We exchanged numbers and stuff. And he said, hey, I would stay longer. I, you know, I'm, I'm headed out to Switzerland. I think he was for a seminar. So such a great, like he, Michael, Van Beek, like, I I always strive myself to be the worst of the best, not the best of the worst. <laughs> That's a good way to say it. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, Eddie's a really interesting guy. He, he's so impressive. I watch his his powerlifting efforts all the time. And there's a clip of him on YouTube, and this is a while back when he was in the prime of his competitive days. I think he weighed 220, and he's deadlifting over 900 pounds. And it wasn't, crazy, it wasn't right? a struggle either. And this, I mean, there's quite a few guys in the powerlifting world who can do that now, but this is way before anyone else was doing that. He, he deadlifted 900, over 900, squatted over 900, I believe, as well, was benching 550, and he didn't have a lot of equipment on either. He had a belt and maybe, I don't think he even had a bench press shirt on. It might have been a squat suit or something like that, because this is before all the equipment really proliferated and took off. But it's just, it's just crazy impressive, his ability. It's just amazing. He he's very generous and he, you know, he's showing me his hand size. Like he's like, look at the size of my hands. You know, that's his excuse for his grip strength. But he also talked about, and it goes to show you, even people with genetic gifts still have to work. Right. And he said to me, he was showing me a drill and I've seen him share this on social media too. Cause again, I, I, I am and was a fan. So it's not like I'm not playing dumb here. Like where he shows like literally he's shown like Mark Bell or anybody like how to grab the inside of a squat rack. And basically to do a suitcase deadlift with a barbell, you know, from pins, and just to hold that for time, right? But what's yeah. interesting, what he, what he shared with me, what I want to share with the audience, is that he also told me that he used to have a buddy of his try to rotate the bar out of his hand. So he would literally try to stabilize, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, Mark, Mark Phillip, he does something similar to that. He probably picked it up from him. Yeah, I've seen that exercise, and that that's definitely great for the grip. Oh, yeah. And someone I mean, like him, though, I, mean, I, I didn't realize he had huge hands. That makes a lot of sense now when you look at some of his lip, because that makes a big difference. I mean, not to say that you can't get strong if you have small hands, but right, you know, right. if you have really small hands, it's going to be hard to hold on to some heavy weight. It's just, it's just a reality. <laughs> right. he, he literally said, he's like, Will, put your fist up against mine. And then we took a picture, right? And he goes, now go look at the picture and go look at your my hand. And I was like, he goes, people always freak out about that. He's telling me, like, that's his thing. And it's so yeah. funny because in one of the pictures, I'll send you the picture so you can see the, like, I'm Asian, I'm small. So, I mean, that, that's not a good comparison. But you could see how his hand dwarfs mine. And, uh, and he literally is patting my chest in one of the pictures. Because he literally bit me. I think I'm one of the, one of the few people can have the distinction that the Eddie Cohen literally bit him in the chest. Like we were doing self defense scenarios, and he literally bit me in my left back. 
That's like, it reminds me of John Brookfield. The first time I met him, I shook his hand. You, you oh, couldn't even see man. my hand. Jeez. His hand is two times size. Man. I, I, I didn't even look like I had a hand. It looked like he was just shaking my forearm because you can't even right. see a hand. And he probably squeezed with about maybe 5% of his abilities. And even that, I was like, damn, man, that kind of hurt. And so, really? I mean, it's not a big surprise when, I mean, he's considered either the strongest grip in the world or one of the strongest grips in the world. Correct. So it's not surprising when you see his abilities where he's doing battling ropes for 20 minutes straight at a rapid pace without right. putting it down. And what's interesting is battling ropes has really blown up, right? Nobody ever gives credit to him, John Brookfield, well, and also John Bruni. And John Bruni was there too. John Bruni and Brookfield came up with that system together. And Bruni's right. such a humble guy. He just doesn't care about getting all that credit. He's like, hey, more success to John. He doesn't care. But he was right there as well at the inception point. But when I look at a lot of what people do with it now, it's not what he taught. And he's the guy who came up with this system. This is not something that he found in an old strongman book that people had forgotten about, and he just brought it back. You know, this is actually right. something that he came up with. But what he would do with it is totally different than what I see people. Now you, now you see people trying to do push-ups with it, which looks cool. Right, right, right. <laughs> I don't really know. Right. Beyond that, I don't really know what the point is, but it looks cool. I'll right. give it that. But he would do stuff where he goes, the real benefit is you go at a, at a good pace and you do it for time, five minutes, 10 minutes, work up to 20 minutes, because that's wow. how you develop this vice grip, right? Your grip endurance is crazy and your cardiovascular system gets hit really hard. So that was basically his methodology of using it and how he conceptualized it. But I don't see anyone doing that now. Now people do it for 30 seconds and then they go do something else. I'm not saying that that's well, you know what the thing is, we're doing what John was doing, doing the way John does it. You know, you can't sell it mainstream wise. So that's why everybody's doing all these, these circus tricks with it now, because, oh, right. look at that. Oh, my God. It's, it's, it's a nice little shiny toy. For a lot of right, people now, right. it's just kind of like what happened with kettlebells. You, they start doing all just all types of fuckery with kettlebells. You're like, dude, what are you doing? Like, why is that even necessary? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. like, come on, man. Especially just to get the results that you actually need. That's the thing about it. Man. Yeah. So, yeah, so you do I, a press I, and then go into a lunge and then do a high knee. I was like, okay. Exactly. Like, what are you doing? Right. Well, that's, <laughs> you're going to you know, go in a battle with a cannonball later on? What are you doing? Right. <laughs> what are you training for? Building work capacity is too boring, Mike. And sincere, you guys are just yeah, too, yeah, yeah. you guys are dated. You know that's too. Boring. I'm a, I'm a real yeah. I'm a real basic guy when it comes to training, babe. For me, a good conditioning yeah. workout is I go to a field and I run ten hundred yard sprint, a uh, ten hundred yard sprints or fifty yard sprints. Right. And th th that workout takes less than fifteen minutes, sometimes less than ten, depending on how rapid you're going. And it, it's a killer workout, babe. You notice differences in physique composition within a couple weeks or less. But it's right, it's man. so based and like Sincere said, you can't sell that. How would you sell that? I can't write a book about it. You can't even really write an article about it. And even if you do, what's the fire? It's not fire, man. It's like, hey. <laughs> read the front, you read the back, then you get the work. I mean shit. So, it's kinda of, it's one of the reasons why when I went to college, man, for psychology, I started thinking about, you know, I was like, Can I really do this as a career? Like because honestly, can I sit here for is fifty minutes? 50 to 60 minutes, listen to people go on and on and on when basically all I'm going to tell them is like, look, stop blaming your fucking parents. Get up off your ass. You need to get over right. it. The only way, the only person that can change this stuff is you. Quit blaming everyone else. Stop being a victim. I can't get paid for that because they're not the charge by the second instead of by the hour. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd right. be broke, man. You know what's interesting <laughs> about that? Those are all valid points, but just what's interesting about that, and no one does this in, or very, no one that I've heard of anyway does this in the psychology field is, Someone comes in depressed or they have anxiety or they have lack of assertiveness. 
Let's look at the hormonal profile. Yeah, let's look at the hormonal hormonal profile because if you if you don't even give them any advice, you just optimize those hormones via addressing mineral imbalances, optimizing diet, and if necessary, some form of hormone replacement, whether it's pregnenolone, DHA, testosterone, whatever it is that they're deficient in. Let's say that you do everything necessary to balance this profile. All those changes that they want to make, they're going to start making them. And I've seen this happen a million times. I was talking to a lady recently who started doing testosterone replacement because her T T levels were really low. So she takes a little bit of cream. She does DHEA cream too because that was depleted. She's around my age, 45, 46, something like that. Anyway, she went from being not an assertive person, doing a job she hated, being in a relationship that she wasn't excited about, but she was trying to convince herself that she was. She went from that to breaking up with the guy within a month of getting everything, getting out of this shitty ass job and moving to another state and doing all the things that she actually wanted to do. She just didn't have the energy to do it before. You know, if your right. hormones are totally out of whack, the messages you're getting are you're depressed, you have no energy, your metabolic rate is low. Now, when you reverse that, it's, hey, you got all the confidence in the world and you can't help but take charge of things. So I'm, I'm not trying to oversimplify things and say this is the no, most important factor, it's, but, it, but it's an important one. And if you don't address it's start, that. It's, it's always left out. It's always left out. No one talks. Even if you're not even just going for just any type of psychological issues, even just physiological issues, and you go to your doctor, yeah. they don't even start with hormones. They start with, hey, what are you feeling? Okay, let me write your prescription for that. Come on, right. that's, that's, their right. whole, that's their whole attitude toward if then, then this. You know, and so mm-hmm. and that's not enough because, again, you're addressing symptoms and not the root cause. And same thing goes with psychology. I was like, actually, I think I do a lot better psychology now than I would with a degree and with a practice. You know, just from the fact, just, you know, shit knowing you Mike for all these years and just really starting to pay attention to hormone optimization. Usually I can just sit there and look right and say, what are you eating? Like when someone's like, man, I'm feeling this, this, and this. Oh man, I just blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, what are you eating? <laughs> let's start there. And then, and also let's look at other things that are going on in your life before you start telling me your backstory about your childhood and all that, because guess what? <laughs> a lot of us have fucked up childhood. Okay. No, right. no, but the thing yeah. is a lot of us can, you know, deal with it in different ways. It's not necessarily not this, like I said, it's not to minimalize people who have like a history of mental illness or something like that. But I always say that, look, man, if the thing is, if you want to get to the root cause of something, don't leave out certain factors. Somebody, make sure that you reach out and you check every viable possibility that could be the cause of this. And, you know, yeah. when you scratched out, yeah. you struck out every possible thing that could have, you know, attributed to this. Then, you know, move forward. But my thing is, a lot of times people like skip over things because it's not in their realm of expertise. And again, it gets back to that credit thing. Instead of just sitting there trying to be the one that saves this person by yourself, you know, work with people who are experts in this other field. Like, you know, hey, man, you know, you know, you might want to, you know, get your your hormones checked here. So, you know, here's. Here's this doctor right here. You know, here's Dr. Mark Gordon right here. You know, you've had trauma, you know, to the brain. You've had injuries and blah, blah. You play sports all these years. Hey, here's Dr. Mark Gordon. You know, here's Nick Delgado. You know, reach out to him as well. You know, take a look at this case. That's what most doctors do when they they look to another specialist. They'll consult with these guys. So I'm thinking, like, why a lot of these psychologists do the same thing? Consult with people who are experts in the field that you're not. And keep continue to do the research. Also, don't just get your degree and start your practice and then you stop working, man. I know... They have to get like a certain amount of like, you know, credits every year or whatever else for continuing education. But venture outside the box with your continuing education. Don't just stay within your field itself to get those continuing education points. Go to outside things, man. Start going to some of these anti-aging type things and, and, you know, go to hell, go to some things where it's like, you know, brain trauma and things like that. Really start going there because right now it's more common than not. 
And the same yeah. thing goes with fitness people as well. You know, don't sit there and always go to the same fitness people for the same for fitness stuff. Go outside and you know, go work with psychologists. You know, because a lot of the stuff that people are dealing with when it comes to weight problems and you know their health, you know, do this beyond picking up weights. Okay, it's it's a mindset thing. They can do all the diets in the world. You can sit there and do all the the surgeries in the world, all the cosmetic surgeries. But the one surgery you're not going to do is brain surgery, and that's where a lot of the stuff is happening with a lot of people. It's just it's something going on in the brain, you know, and something going on with their hormones. So quick look for the quick fix. Like, oh, I got you, man. It's the beginning of the year. Yay. You know, we're going to get this new year, new you going here. I'm like, come on, man. Are you serious? <laughs> it's like, don't start. Like, <laughs> you, quit you trying know, to be the one lone savior. Even even the Justice League had to call on some other fucking superheroes, you know? <laughs> like, even the X-Men. Like, Professor X realized that he needed other mutants, you know, to take on that season. Come on, dude. <laughs> you know, since you're amen to that, you know, I tell people, you know, even Robin's pretty significant if, you know, if there's kryptonite around for Superman. You know, like, <laughs> you know, everyone serves its purpose, you know? You don't have to be a big shot. And, you know, I think you guys make a great point in regards to honoring uh, the past because I think it's, right. you know, there was an episode of South Park, you know, where, and I haven't watched it in many years, but I remember distinctly there was one episode where it's basically the whole theme is whenever they came up with a scenario, it was like, Simpsons did it. You know, like the Simpsons has been around for so long, right? So it's like, hey, let's do this where the kids fall in a well. It's just like Simpsons did it. It's like, how about this where an airplane and aliens come? It's like Simpsons did it. And it's like, to me, <laughs> you know, my background is in martial arts. I'm a third generation martial artist. I, I openly plagiarize all the principles from martial arts. You know, that's, that's my family background. That's my training since childhood. That's my genetic code. That's my environmental code. That's my, you know, my, my purported passion. And, you know, even Donnie Thompson was talking about Dick Hartzell, you know, the jump stretch band guy. And, you know, most people have no idea where these thick bands came, these multi-ply bands came from, and even why, right? It was designed the way it was and how he utilizes it for injury prevention. And, and he, he believes in blood flow, like the uh, traditional Chinese medicine model, as opposed to ice. He believes in flow as opposed to restriction. And... You know, he could do splits and, you know, twist, you know, invert his ankle and basically jump off the tables, you know, and, and I really believe like, and that's why, you know, Donnie Thompson's frustrated because people plagiarize his stuff and he's going, well, I'm not the first guy to get plagiarized. Look at all the people who are plagiarizing Hartzell and not giving him credit and, and this right. could go at, on at it. And, and Donnie, Donnie's a low key guy too. So it's, yeah, right. he's, he's not a flamboyant dude. He doesn't put himself out there in that way. So he's a really low-key right. guy, very intelligent guy, super strong, but easy for someone who's opportunistic to rip off. Correct. And that's been the way of the world in terms of martial arts and all this stuff. And, you know, what I want to touch more is on the future in terms of I think you guys are really on to something because whether it be, you know, you talk about hormone optimization or even Polican, you know, God rest his soul, he talked about, um, you know, the five energies, right? Like traditional Chinese, right. like fire energy, yep. water energy. And then right. Christian Thibodeau says the same thing, but in terms of personality types, right? Yeah. So there's this, so, so we're all saying the same things, but using different analogies. Right. You know, different lenses. And I think the future is this kind of rock, paper, scissor game so that we can learn to neutralize, complement, and help one another as part of a cog in a giant ecosystem 
as opposed to trying to be the end all or be all to all. And that's where most people fail is the larger the gap they present. In my experience with working with a ton of fitness industry people, and I mean, you know, before we even started, you know, uh, recording, you you know, we were actually naming names. And my interest is not in outing anybody or anything. People have lives and families and careers, and 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 I'm not interested in bad mouthing anyone because I don't feel that way. To be honest with you, I'm very thankful for all my experiences with everybody. And but you know, I think it's very important for people to understand that it's so myopic that you lip service sharing and flow when your actual behavior is, you know, very edited because you want to get the right camera angle or that you purport one thing, but you do another thing. Meaning I know these people who do these drills, but they don't, I know they don't do those drills. I know genetically they are flexible and they make fun of bodybuilders. And I said, you know what I like about bodybuilders and that you're bashing that I don't appreciate. And they're like, what? I believe they're doing chest on Monday. I believe they're doing fasted cardio. I believe they're eating chicken and rice because I've worked with them and that's what they're doing. Whereas some of the stuff you propagate on social media is not what you do in your daily life. You just do it right. to get liked. That's right. what I have issue with. I don't, I don't have issue with the message. And again, like you said, Mike, you said this earlier before we started recording. It's a shame because there's a lot of good information that is being lost due to the tarnishment of the person or the reputation or whatever right. hyperbole you know, this like, I don't, like, I work with a lot of amazing and tough people, but I, I never come across like I'm some tough guy. Because these guys, I've been kicked and thrown and, you know, with world champions. And then I put them in a position, like, on the ground. And Frankie Edgar looks up at me and he can't even move. And he's like, what did you do? And I'm like, it's kind of like Dragon Ball Z. I've just increased Earth's gravity by tenfold. And he's like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> Leverage and angles, you know. Because I tell people, you know, it's like shooting pool. It's about lining up the shot because even if you hit it harder, if the shot's not lined up, no amount of effort is going to make the ball go in where you want it to be. Right, right, right. So that's where, you know, it's okay for me just to be me. And that's what I'm really good at. That's what I really enjoy. And, you know, I get to the point where, you know, even, you know, I went to the seminar last year. This, You know, everyone's got this moniker, right? Like, the muscle mechanic, the muscle this, the muscle, you know, like everyone's got these weird names now. Right? Everyone's got a nickname. You know, back in our day, right, nicknames were, were, were given and earned. Nobody gave it to themselves. Like, you know, it's like, it's like a Seinfeld episode. Call me T-Bone, you know, it's like, you know. <laughs> right? So that's why a lot of my social media stuff is in a playful way, making fun, like, you know, I have messages, and I could show you screenshots, and I could edit out the names where people are like, my name is so-and-so, I'm a trainer of trainers, I, you know, and it's this long, and I've never met this person. They just literally messaged me out of the blue, and it's this whole diatribe of their whole background. Oh, I've done martial arts for 20-some-odd years. And I'm like, hi, my name's Will, I'm a short-ball Korean, I like ice cream, you know, <laughs> you know and superheroes, you know, like, I'm an Aries, like, well, what does that have to do with anything, right? Right. And even right. when I get to interview or have a conversation with them, when I... They're like, oh, I've done martial arts. And when I actually interview who they trained with, I'm like, that fucker? It's like, that fucker's teacher I used to teach. So who are you trying to fucking impress? And they don't know that, though. Do you know what I mean? It's like, so that's like the bane of my existence. You know, it's it's literally like my daughter, you know, she's a teenager. And she's like, her mom's like, oh, you know, you should go train with your dad. You know, that's what he does for a living. She's like, no, he's kind of hard. 
I, I, I like doing, uh, and I'm not even going to mention it. I like doing this brand of fitness, right? And <laughs> my daughter doesn't even bro. know. I understand. <laughs> my, yeah, I'm sure you do this too. My daughter yeah. doesn't know that the creators of that system are former clients of mine. <laughs> and that, and that literally when I was dropping off my people at the airport, and that's one of the things that I'm more proud of, that people who used to be, you know, this guy's top guy or that guy's top guy in the industry, they would say, Mr. X may be smarter than me or stronger than me or faster than me than Will Chung, but he would never have picked me up at the airport. He would have never bought dinner. Like, that's what I specialize in is that humanity component. So I made multiple trips, dropped off my people at the airport. I stopped at a rest stop and I was at a Starbucks just to get some caffeine from some tea. And right behind me is the creator of that system that my daughter loves so much. And he's like, oh, my God. I'm like, hey. And he's with this woman. They just did this fitness convention. He goes, and she has a podcast, too. So she, she was like, we'll change the way I look at fitness and exercise. He changed my whole life. It's like, again, in private conversations, these people rave about me. To my face, they rave. There's no public knowledge. And I don't care for it. I, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm sharing is, like, he was, like, gloating so much about my influence on his life. And this guy didn't even tr stick with his training that long, to be honest with you. So I wouldn't even <laughs> consider him a client of mine, to be honest with you, or even a good representative. Nice guy. But, like, if you, you know, like, and that's, that's my point about all this is I think we're headed, Paul Check, all these guys, they're looking at, like, Paul Check is a Tai Chi ruler. He looks at standing. Like, we're all going backwards. A friend of mine, actually, who reached out to me today because you remember our class. Our class was pretty good at the RKC. We had uh, Rob Lawrence. We had uh, 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 Brett Jones. We had yeah, uh, Nate, Morrison. Nate Morrison. Yep, Nate Morrison right. was there. Yep. Yeah, it was a so, great class. Oh, it was awesome. I mean, that's, any inception of any system is always the best time before it gets yeah, too convoluted. Yeah, so true. Yeah, that, so, that's absolutely yeah, exactly. correct. Those those four years I were there was there were great. Only towards the end of 2006, I started realizing this is going in a direction that I'm I don't want to go with it, and I, I want to venture off and do my own things. But those formative years were a lot of fun, and I wouldn't be I wouldn't be able to go on to do the things I did go on to do without those first several years of being involved with that organization. I I agree, and it's funny because you know Brett Jones is really affiliated with uh, Gray Cook and FMS, so. Yeah. One of their people who was uh, one of their poster boys because he used it over at the Indianapolis Colts. He was a strength and conditioning coach. You know, he got some – I don't follow sports much. Only when, you know, I train my particular athletes, then I follow the sport and their career and the team. But he's got a few Super Bowl rings, at least one, if not two, if I'm correct. But he, he – we messaged back and forth today, you know, because we're all college buddies. We went to Springfield College together. And I'll tell you a story about how we met. Um, we were in Gulick Hall, which is a freshman dorm, and half of our freshman dorm for our sophomore year, we had so much fun that we're like, instead of breaking up the crew, let's choose to get dibs on the freshman dorm on this floor and all stay in this room, like this floor, 2A. And so half the wing was all just sophomores, and then the second half was all freshmen, right? And we had a lot of the football team come in. And... Springfield College is a pretty well-known school when it comes to, you know, like Mike Boyle, uh, you know, for bodybuilders, Chris Aceto, like all these guys. It's a mind-body spirit. It's a lot of health, fitness, sports management, athletic training, physical therapy. All those things are kind of very common. But back in the day, in our era, that wasn't a very common uh, thing that you could major in. 
you know? And so Springfield College was a pretty hardcore. You have to take one P per semester. So I was in my sophomore year, and we were in the uh, communal area all hanging out. And, again, all the sophomores, we know each other, so we're just shooting the shit. We're totally being politically incorrect and, you know, making fun of each other, and everyone's making fun of Asians and, you know, you know how small my dick is and bad my driving is and, you know, how, you know, what, figure out the tax on this and stuff. And, and I call him JT, you know, his name is John Tareen. You know, he was the strength and conditioning coach for the Indianapolis Colts. And he, he literally, he walks in and he's a freshman. And he goes, are you making fun of Jews? And I said, yeah. And I don't know why he focused on me, but I was like, yeah, we're making fun of Jews and chinks and gooks and, you know, wops and, you know, like every imaginable race we're making fun of. So, yeah, we are. He goes, well, I'm Jewish. And I'm like, well, I'm fucking Korean. What the fuck does that make any sense? Like, are you shitting me? And he had a real attitude, but it turns out that he was from Livingston and my uncle was from Springfield. And I, I knew a lot of people in Springfield. So I go, I've probably been to more bar mitzvahs than you. And I started to recite part of the Torah to him. And he was like, what the fuck? Right? And then we became very fast friends after that. You know, literally, like we would hang out all the time. And even today, when I messaged him, I was like, hello, son of peddler of veggie burgers and former judoka. And he's like, and he's like, oh, my God. Because, you know, we got together like a month or so ago before uh, the holidays. And he's like, I was like, how's your dad doing? You know, because he used to sell veggie burgers. You remember that? It's like, yeah, I remember your dad, your girlfriend. I go, you, you introduced me to your judo instructor, Shimamoto, because I knew Yanazuka, who was his buddy. And it's like, holy, like, they forget, right? I don't forget. When I say I know someone in the industry, it's not like a casual hashtag. It's not a casual, I met him at the conference. It's, I know his mom. His mom named a burger after me at a restaurant, like that kind of stuff. Like I got stories about all these people in the industry where it's like, I know their sister. I know their cousin. I know their wives. I know their brother, you know, like, and literally went on vacations with them, you know, that kind of stuff and no personal information. So that, you know, if you look at like even our text today, and that's, that's what I'm trying to tell you. It's like all this kind of stuff, our text today, he was like, cause we're picking a place to eat. Cause it's all oh, come down by you, blah, blah, blah. I was like, do you like fish? Like, do you like sushi? You know, so I, was, I was basically asking that. And he's like, number one, you know, who talks like this? He goes, yes to sushi. And I go, you know, and I asked him if he does selfish, you know, because people who are kosher don't eat. I want to be respectful. You know, he goes, right. two, oysters are balls phlegm. Three, keep your <laughs> kosher jokes away. I'm all selfish. So number, so I respond with number one, oh, you like it raw? Number two, I was hoping to just do to seduce you. Number three, I was willing to have separate dairy and meat utensils, even chopsticks, because that's the sort of pal I am. You know, and like that, that's a guy, you know, like, and he even says, you know, the reason why I bring him up is, number one, that's who I was literally talking to today. But he goes, there's nothing new in the fitness industry. Everyone's plagiarizing old shit. He goes, I talked to this guy and this guy, and it's like, I get it. And you, you guys, we get it. But my whole point is, there's not many people teaching people how to be better in the industry. Like, I, like people will do seminars to take your money to learn their system with a PowerPoint presentation, get bombarded with a ton of stuff. But how much of that is really going to impact their clients and to make them money where they live is my question, right? Yeah. So it's like, hey, you work with great athletes and you have them do this. And I'm not trying to make fun of anything, any system, right? ABC, BBD, I thought it was me. Uh, whatever. I don't care what the <laughs> alphabet soup system you're right. from, right? But what I tangibly help people with 
And I never wanted to. People would call me up, oh, I, I, I'm asking business advice. I go, why are you calling me? I don't have an MBA. I don't know anything about business. You know, like, but one word got around where people like, you're not, you're known for not compromising your values. You're known for telling people to go screw. You're known for telling it like it is. You're known for helping people go from making nothing to something significant. You're known for these things. I go, well, that I can help you with. So even one of my, I could, again, this is all provable in a court of law. One of my guys recently not only, and one of the hardest things that most people don't do, they're afraid to cut people because they're beholden, because they're thinking, well, that's my mortgage, right? That's my car payment. So they, they get into this fear and victim mentality. And what I want to share with the audience or any up-and-coming up trainers, fucking have the balls to have integrity because I, I empower my people to be like, you will never be out of business. You think – it's like – and I tell people at, at seminars, and I only do seminars when I'm invited. I don't solicit myself for that. And I tell people, I go, why are we all fighting over pieces of – like it's like it's like a zombie apocalypse. And we're like, I'm going to shoot that one. I'm going to kill this one. It's like, have you seen the horde of obese? Have you seen the horde of injured? Have you seen the horde of people who have poor movement skills? Like, there's more than enough for everyone. Why can't we work together? And my operant point is, is a self-worth thing because every issue I've run into, and I've been a real dick too, and it's like I've learned and grown, and the people who've stuck with me have seen me change on how I handle things. Not change in my belief system, but change in the tactics of how I convey them and utilize them and apply them. So I'm still saying the same things, but I'm saying them differently. So I kind of adopted, you know, the Roadhouse Dalton theory. It's like, be nice. You know, it's like, what if he calls my mom a whore? I don't know. Is she? But be nice. You know, <laughs> until it's not time to be nice, right? It's like, well, what will I know? It's like, you won't know. That's why I'm the cooler. You know, it's like, you have to learn. And that's. That's my thing, and it used to drive me nuts when people would. I, I could tell you, you've watched that movie as many times as I and Kim Blackburn have. You quoted those lines way too precisely. You didn't even have to take a call. Exactly. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm a huge Benny the Jade Orquidez fan, so the fact that he taught you know Patrick Swayze for that movie is just like, again, all that behind the scenes stuff is always tits on a rich for me. You know, I love this oh, is yeah. my life. Yeah. This is my passion, and, you know, I, I could tell you all stories about, like, my grandfather and Chuck Norris, and, like, I could, I, I'm, like, six degrees of Kevin Bacon for the fitness industry and martial arts. Like, I can literally, like, I'm Forrest Gump. Like, I just showed up, and I just had a dumb luck. I ran into Tommy Kono and this guy, and all of a sudden, you know, I remember running into Tommy Kono. I was like, I told my friends, oh, take a picture with me, and they're like, with this old guy? Like, he's tiny, and he's like, you know, like, they wanted to go look at the fitness models with their tits hanging out. I was like, no, man, you guys go do that. I'm going to hang out with him. So he goes, you, you coach people? I said, yes. And this was before his second book came out. His first book had come out. And he goes, and he was really skeptical. You could say he, he looked at me and goes, what do you do? What's the first thing you teach people when it comes to lifting weights? And I said, how to approach the bar? He goes, yes. And he slaps me on the back and he grabs me and he literally takes me to the powerlifting meet at the Arnold. And he literally sits me in the corner and introduces me to all the competitors and shares his whole theory on what the future of uh, weightlifting is and how it should be scored on you know, technical points too, not just weight. And he was just such an open resource and so generous with his knowledge. And again, this is a guy who, who, who represented our country in the Olympics and trained multiple Olympic teams and bodybuilt and weightlifted, even when he was in an internment camp. Like, that's insane, bro. 
Yeah, yeah that's wild. And that, that's just a different era. It reminds me of John Grimmick, you know, one of my favorites of the golden age of bodybuilding. He wasn't, he didn't just have a great physique. He had incredible flexibilities doing handstand right. pushups on chairs. He was extremely strong with Olympic lifting. I believe he competed. I believe he represented the USA team in the Olympics. So it was a, it was a different time where not only did he look great, he was just as strong as he looked, if not stronger, and also very flexible and very healthy as well. Right. And they trained. You know, they weren't yeah. worried about, like, how many takes it takes to look to make sure their hair was in the right lighting. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, you know, so, you know, what I instill in people is whatever your pursuit is, you're going to need sacrifice and a lot of hard work. I told them how I used to literally work in a gym. And the reason why people follow me, you know, uh, behind the scenes is because I did it. You know, it's one thing to say, so, you know, to someone to make money off of marketing and fitness, but they never worked in a gym. Right. You know? Right. Well, but there's I, a lot of that, I, too. Right. A lot of that, too. Right. How to make six figures as a trainer, and you're making six figures selling this information, but you never made it as a trainer. You never made six figures as a trainer. You're making six right. figures now as a result of trying to teach trainers <laughs> how to do something you didn't do. Right, and those or, those or you cheated. You got a head start on that six figures because you made a majority of your money from your pre the job you had before you became a trainer. Correct, <laughs> so, correct. And right. Right. Family. Family. right, yeah, yeah. You didn't say where okay. you made the six figures. You didn't say you <laughs> right. made six figures. You left out the part that you're an investment banker, and that's where you made the right. six figures. <laughs> right, right. And 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 you know the the people that I know in the industry that are like that, it's like they're jerk offs in the sense that. They're not even who they present themselves to be. Like if they talk about how important it is to know your audience and to communicate with them, when I message them or when they reach out to me, I had a guy one time, he posted something on social media, very well-known guy, and then he said, hey, anybody, you know, want to talk about this topic, message me. And I messaged him. He ignored it. Fast forward, let's say, three years, right? Yeah. One of his good friends in the fitness industry goes, you got to check out Will Chunk. So he's got a podcast, so he wanted me to be on the podcast. So he went to Facebook, messaged me, and saw the message from three years prior that he ignored. <laughs> and then he was like, oh, oh man, my bad. <laughs> he goes, do you want to be on my podcast? I said, how about we get to know each other first? He goes, I'm not interested in promoting anything. I'm not interested in being on a podcast. I came on here because we're old friends, Mike, and you asked. And I just wanted to catch up and shoot the shit with you, to be honest with you. I told you I didn't have anything to, to promote or anything. And... And then, again, this guy's a nice enough guy, well enough known guy, but so different. He actually joined – I'd like to, like, make an amalgamation of all people, but he's such a nice guy. But he had trouble when he joined – like, I had this, like, online group where I actually help people and support them and coach them on all facets of training and business. And not business business, but, like, hey, one of the things that I teach people is wake up early, get some blood flowing, even if you don't do a full workout, because your clients des deserve – not a hungover you, not with right. books in your eye. Right, like, right. like, and those are things that I live by because I still train people. So I tell them like, hey, if, if I'm training someone at six, if I have to get up at three, then I got to get up at three just to get some blood flowing so they get the best version of me that day. So that's great. That's, that, and I always tell people, here's another free hint that's really simple. Always, whenever you schedule, because we're the ones who schedule our appointments as, as trainers in the industry, your, your first and your last opponent, uh, last uh, clients are always your favorite and your best. Don't ever do the problem people first 
and at the end, it sets the tone of the day and it ends the tone of the yeah. day for you to go back to your family. So don't ever or do just that. or just don't ever do the problem people. Period. Correct. <laughs> right. well, that's my personal philosophy. On a relative scale, right, Mike? Because again, <laughs> you know, I could show you proof of my guys going, "Hey, I had the courage to cut these people," and look what ended up happening is I ended up making that money elsewhere. And this, oh, yeah. I would have never done that will. if it weren't. Hey, look, man, if you're happy, you're gonna you're gonna perform better no matter what it is. Right. Right. And what I tell people, people are so insecure. They need 50 Yelp reviews. They're like, they literally, and I'm telling you, they, they go, I saw my friend, you know, and my friend used to have joint problems and they don't have joint problems anymore. And they train with you. I saw my friend and they lost 30 pounds. I saw my friend. These, these people were talking about you at this camp. And these people were talking about you over at this brand. And these people, it's like, okay, so, so what do you do? And then they start grilling me. It's like, Bro, like you want to you want to know a great story? This is a great story. One of my clients gave me a gift certificate to Lululemon, right? So I'm like, what the? What am I going to do with this, right? So <laughs> I go to Lululemon, and the men's section is very small. Like they they don't have a lot of clothes for men. But one thing, the you know the woman was very friendly. And they they're all like, oh, we we can tailor your clothes for you to fit you. And I go, oh, I'm I'm short, so. That's great for me. I'm going to buy some sweatpants with this, right? And I'm going to get them tailored because I usually, my thighs are a little thicker and I'm short. So I need a, a bigger size sweatpants, but that usually entails a longer length, right? So what I did was I took advantage of that. It's like, hey, I would like these sweatpants tailored for me, please. And the woman goes, okay, where would you like it? She goes, if I, if I hem it here, it'll lay on your sneaker. I said, could you make it a little higher because sometimes I'm barefoot and sometimes I'm in sneakers depending on the venue. She goes, what do you do? I go, oh, I just, I, I co you know, I just train people. I'm, I just left it at that. You know, I'm not big into tell, telling people what I do. So I was like, yeah, I just train people. And then, you know, I was trying on different sweatpants and she was again, hemming and pinning them for me for them to be tailored. And then she kept pushing the button like, no, really, what do you do? I'm very curious. And she was very muscular, very well-built woman. And I said, do you, you know, because it was uh, Lululemon, I kind of made the assumption. I was like, I don't know, do you follow anyone in the yoga? Because I've trained a lot of people in the yoga field too. So I said, she goes, no, I do CrossFit. I said, oh, then do you know this person? And the person is one of the top 10 at one point uh, fittest men in CrossFit, you know? And she goes, that guy's my coach. He was my coach. That's what she said. I said, what's your name? So she gave me her name. So let's say it's Susie, Susie Jones. So I literally text the guy, hey, what's the deal with Susie Jones, right? Blah, blah, blah. So I'm, I'm changing pants, and he's sending me the text message back, and I have no filter. That's my big problem, right? You know, and I realize other people do, and they would respect the filter, so I've learned to temper that a bit. But yeah. back then, I literally – because I don't, I'm not looking to cause harm or fight with people. So I literally read the text out loud, and I said, she would have made it to, to regionals, if she would have just stuck with the coaching. And then all of a sudden she was like, what? And she texted him or called him. I mean, it started this whole thing. And I, I was like, I didn't mean to, obviously. I just read it out loud. And But my point to that young lady was, who do you think he goes to, right? Even if it's not publicly, not. And so, because I had his number. And so, so then I go home that day and the, the young lady Facebook friend the question, right? So, and she told me she owns a CrossFit gym. And most of the people in my area who own a CrossFit gym are former clients of mine as well. So 
That being said, she reached out to me and then she saw all our common friends. One of the guys that I trained for the state troopers for their tactical unit, he was an aging uh, guy. He tried every year and kept failing. CrossFit instructor, very fit guy, right? I told him, you got to work smarter, not necessarily harder. So I taught him how to breathe a specific way so he can recover on his runs. I taught him how, so one of the simple things, and I'll teach you again, you know, again, how I think as a trainer to help people with their injuries and their performance. He was telling me like how one of the parts of the test was there's like a mini bulldog where he had to knock down a door, right, for an entry. But the door entry and the wall is very short, so there's not a lot of lateral width to generate momentum. So I said, let's look at the planes, right? You can lift it up and down like an elevator, right? You can move it side to side, so north, south, east, west, right? He goes, yeah. Then you could do a spinal wave. You could rotate and coil. So I gave him more dimensions than I had him just rotate, coil, and arc. Because I told him, like, the earth is round. So, you you know, you're going to arc, boom. So you're going to rotate. Like, when you lift a heavy sack, you're not going to lift it straight like you're a robot. You're going to move it in an arc into, and you're going to know where your target is. And that's why I told him target acquisition. So he snapped it like a tooth, a bunch of matchsticks. So like he was very happy. He he made the tactical team. You know he loves it. Blah blah blah. So and I met him at a jujitsu school. I was training the whole strength and conditioning. The whole team it was one of Matt Sarah's uh, New Jersey teams, and I was doing uh, all their. I was doing all their strength and conditioning. I was their only strength and conditioning coach for years, and I was one of four striking coaches. They had a Muay Thai coach two boxers, and me, they just considered me a mechanic. Like, I taught all just striking is striking to me. You know, I don't stylize it. So he, she reached out to him, right? So I get a text the next day with this Lululemon, like, these underpants of these, like a, like a totally, you know, very so homo kind of picture of this guy <laughs> with these really tight buns from, from my buddy Sean. And he goes, oh, I hear someone shopping at Lululemon. And I was like, oh, you mother humper. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, oh, you know, Susie Jones. And, you know, that's not her real name. But he goes, Susie Jones reached out to me. I go, what would you think? He goes, she was bombarding me with questions going, is he good? What's the problem? What's this? And he goes, just hire him. He's amazing. I've worked with him. My whole team has worked with him, his jiu-jitsu team, members of his jiu-jitsu team. He goes, my wife trained with him. He's awesome. You know, and he's a CrossFit instructor, like, raved about me. She messaged me, asked me all these questions. I go, here's my phone number. This is how generous I am. Here's my phone number. Call me. Let's discuss it. Let's do a workout. Didn't hear from her. I said, you know what? This is what I'm accustomed to. This, this fear and this ego that they need a hundred, like if I was trending or if I was right. popular or had a New York Times bestseller. And what they, they right. don't know is the New York Times bestseller trainer is being trained by one of my guys. That's how far I've gotten in the industry now. Not only am I producing these results, my people, people are yielding those results now. So it's replicable. Right. And that's the where the, the perception is. is just not amenable to her, meaning you don't have 300,000 followers on Instagram or 100,000 no. followers on no. Twitter. There isn't all this noise going on. But the reality is there's a lot of people with large followings of that level, if not even more so, who as we were talking about before we started recording, live at home with their parents or never moved out of home Correct. with their parents. They're running this Correct. social media empire from the basement. They're not making much money <laughs> doing it. 
But their goals are they, they think the more followers I get, the more money I'm going to make. But it's just it's just not coming together. There's a disconnect. Yeah. And and for my guys, you know, I, I, I don't pick on particular people, but I start out like my videos like here I am, you know, the CEO of my sheets from the comfort of my comforter. You know, it's like I'm in my bedroom, you know, like, you know, like, it's like, I, you know, like I'm an entrepreneur, you know, it's like, not really. And I, I pull out all these action figures because I like superheroes and it's like, right, guys? I'm like, yeah, we're busy here at work getting free Wi-Fi from the Starbucks because we can't afford, you know, Wi-Fi in our own home. So we're going to sit here. You know, and that's been my experience with all these people in the industry. I've had people so attend my seminar so fuming mad because they couldn't even afford to eat where we all decided to go to eat. You know, we wow. were, I'm very, I'm very generous with my people. Like I will pay, like, I'll, I'll tell you a good story about one of my guys. He used to be uh, trained with Demetrius Johnson, right? And he was a huh? uh, MMA fighter, amateur, uh, great guy. They call him the Rhino. And he literally messaged me because he, again, somebody tagged me in, in something. So he reached out to me and I said, Hey, what's your number? I'll give you a call one day. And, I was busy traveling a lot, so I said, when I get settled, I'd really, because when I talk to people, I like to spend time talking to them, you know, right. and I'm known for literally three and a half, four hour conversations with people for free, with, for no agenda, for no trying to get anything, and I showed that because two people on Instagram, a DPT student at Northeastern, a young lady, and Jason Park, who's Anderson Silva's coach, they both were like, wow, Will Chung, three and a half, four hours, what have we done? They both publicly shared that on their on their social media page, so I just screenshotted it and said, it doesn't matter if you're the top of the game or you're just starting out. I will always make time for sincere people, right? So this kid, I called this kid, and he's, you know, he's he's an MMA fighter. So he's gross. He's like, huh? You know, he thinks it's a telemarketer. I go, it's Will. He goes, Will who? It's like, Will Chung. He goes, who? I was like, Will Chung? He's like, you give me your number? He's like, Oh, and we started talking about judo. Like, we didn't even talk about fitness. Or, like, we just talked about judo and life and, you know, diets. And we were just laughing. And he's like, wow, that was really cool. Thanks, man. And then we became friends. I started helping him. And then next thing you know, he starts improving as a trainer. He starts making money. The first year I knew him, he wanted to come visit me, but he couldn't even afford it, right? So the second year, he visited me three, four times. This last year, he got married. He got engaged, married, and bought a house. That's a pretty big step financially, right? Yeah, definitely. Growth wise, right? From not being able to, to, he came to visit me for my birthday. He came to visit to come train. He came, like, I went to his wedding, and we were the largest contingency at his wedding. We, we were the biggest part of his family, literally, like our group of people, trainers from all over. And it was evident that we knew each other. That we were like all like buying each other drinks and taking each other out and sharing rooms and like like family should be in theory, right? Yeah. And what's great is you know because most family we most family do, we don't get along, right? It's a shame, right? Like you know <laughs> my own daughter doesn't train with me. Sincere feels my pain. Like that's just the the small of it. Most families have serious daddy issues going on and you know egos and family history. Well, you know. I don't buy that bullshit. So I'm the type of guy that will literally pay for the rehearsal dinner. I will literally, you know, buy dinner for like 30, 40 people. And I will pay for, I will sponsor a whole uh, special Olympics team to make sure they have a training facility. I will do so many. And I, I feel douchey even saying those two basic things, but those are factual things that it's like, but to me, when people know that and they don't appreciate that and they still follow the douchebags, on social media and try to get 
you know, the Tony Robbins of our industry. You know, I'm not making fun of Tony Robbins, but someone who's well known, like Gary Vaynerchuk. Oh, I, I they're trying to get, you know, <laughs> they're trying to get these bigger named people. And I got a whole story about Gary Vaynerchuk because his his father's business is right next to my uncle's. I can tell you all these great stories. And but my point being is that they worship these people who could really give a shit about you as long as you pay their membership fees or whatever right. they're getting from right. you. Right. Where right. I'm ble- I'm bleeding and I'm I'm sitting there, you know, not getting any sleep because I'm driving people to the airport and making sure people are fed. And people are like, you know, I got in this argument with this guy from Moldova because he's like, well, this is the big deal. This guy is a grown man. He can, you know, if he does, I go, because he's on my watch. And you know what, kid? I'm not going to even mention his name. Let's say I'll call him Kid. I go, Kid, if your parents were like, oh, my son went to visit you and train you, and he ended up dead, what happened? And I'm like, I don't know. He's a grown man. Is that the response I'm going to say? No, that's never going to happen because I'm never going to have that phone call because I never let that happen to my people. You know what I mean? Like I make sure if you drank a little bit, you don't drive. Like that's that's the type of person I was always with my athletes. That's how I am with all my people because anybody who's trained anyone – for a world championship title fight in the UFC or two-time gold medalist uh, in the Olympics. Anyone who knows that, it's mostly babysitting up until the event. Because it's like, how much better are they going to get at wrestling or the 400-meter hurdles or this? That's not what you're training them for. You're, you're training their mental toughness. You're training their, their insecurities. You're making sure that they don't, you know, I've yelled at people to get out of nightclubs you know, before a fight and, you know, to because their girlfriend was on E tripping and starting a fight with all, like, like you shouldn't be there right now. Yeah. You know, and these are the phone calls I get at two, three in the morning. I get videos from people going, uh, what do you see? And this is considered like the goat of the UFC. Like, what do you think is the issue here with this guy? And I'll watch the video and I'll be like, okay, this, this, and this. And the person, if they know me well, they know my language. And they know my code. If they don't know me, they're like, I'm going to call you later. And they'll call me and they'll be like, what did you mean by this? What did you mean by that? And I literally, like I said, even so that was a, it, that was a, that was a video of John Jones, right? <laughs> and, you know, once you say, once you say go to the guy, the club in trouble, I mean, come on, we'll put it together. <laughs> no, but, but you know, you know, like even, even Jason Park in Madison Square Garden, he leans over to me and goes, Hey, what you told me about, you know, you know, Anderson's hips. He goes, yeah, it worked. It's like, yeah, I know. I mean, I do, you know, like, I'm very confident. I tell people, I know what I know because I know vastly what I don't know. And I know, yeah. I don't know yeah. a ton of yeah. shit. So right. I know what I know. And even then, I'm, I'm amenable to the discussion about it. No, no doubt. Now, I was just thinking about what Tony Robbins, and I know, I know you weren't taking a shot at him, but I'm going to take a little shot because I always tell people when they ask me, what, what do you think of those? And I've been to one of his events. I go, well, look, man, if you have low testosterone and you walk across the coals, guess what? What? Still have low testosterone. <laughs> so nothing is changed. <laughs> now you have low testosterone and burnt feet. All right? <laughs> if you had higher testosterone, maybe your feet wouldn't have burned as easily. <laughs> but point is, is that you feel a certain way because of your hormonal profile and jumping up and down like an idiot, doing the Macarena, going through a meditation where he has you cry like a fucking idiot, thinking about mistakes you've made in life. None of that changes any of that. The old, I always go, people go, I don't want to, this, this hormone testing is expensive, but they're happy to blow 2000 bucks 
on a three-day no, seminar. That's the master's class, $10,000 for three days. Well, yeah, it's, it's not going to stop at 2000 dude. They're going to house you till you get to the ten grand. <laughs> They're going to try for sure, no doubt about it, because when I went to his unleashing the giant went in, whatever it was Our called. Or something. Yeah, yeah whatever it was called. Yeah, he was definitely pitching the one week in Hawaii or wherever the fuck it was. Right. Bigly. But my yeah. whole point is, is that there's there's things that people completely overlook. That they go, I'm feeling a, this way, and if I go to this seminar, I'm not going to feel that way anymore. And while you're there temporarily, that may be true. But once you leave, you're going to go right back to the way you felt. So why don't we look at a more comprehensive solution? Why don't we actually look at your endocrinology? Because that's going to reveal a lot. I had a guy send me his blood work the other day. I didn't even need to hear his symptomology. I looked at his, I looked at his lab work. I knew exactly how this guy feels. Mm. I go, there's no way you feel good looking at these numbers. You also know when people are lying. Because if someone has these crappy numbers and they try to say, oh, yeah, my sex drives through the roof and this and that, I go, no, it mm. isn't. There's no way it is. <laughs> It's not possible that it is. You're just lying your to yourself. Your money shot's not even touching the roof, you know, when you're doing, it, when you're doing self-love. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. <laughs> these, these, levels are, these levels are so low that you're not even oh, funny to this yeah. oh, That's awesome. <laughs> but uh, the, uh, the opposite, Ed, is when someone has everything in the right balance, same thing. I don't need to talk to that person. I know that person feels great. Now, there are exceptions to these rules, sure, but most of the time it's going to fall in line. It's be like, this person has great recovery. They have great restoration. Clearly, their sleep is good. Otherwise, their IGF-1 levels wouldn't be so great. Free testosterone is excellent. DHEA is good, so their, their stress management abilities are great. You, know, you learn a lot about this kind of stuff. I remember I had one person, they, they bought the testosterone booster. Then they said, oh, you know, uh, I prematurely bought it, I, my, my testosterone booster, my one of my supplements. And they, they go, can you cancel the order because I haven't gotten my lab results back yet? And, and, and I never give people hassle. Go, yeah, sure, the order's been right. canceled, refunded. But in my head, I'm thinking, I don't even have to see what your lab results are. Just the fact that you even bought this means they're not good. If you felt great and your sex drive was through the roof and your mood was good, you wouldn't be looking for a testosterone booster or, or even getting the test done. So right. sure enough, the tests come back. The numbers are abysmal. <laughs> you know, now the guy's on the products. But the, the other point is, is that that's great. When when you when you don't know this information, you don't know why you feel a certain way. Now, this is not the only reason why you may be feeling a certain way, but it's a big reason. And chances are that if you address this big reason, it's going to help you the rest of the way. You know, that's how important it is. Mm. And, you know, I love, you know, and, I, and we talked about this, you know, before we start recording, like where, because I consider us friends in the sense that, you know, I've known you from like the inception, you know, of your career and the circumstances that help catapult you. And I, I really respect you for how you handled that and grew. It's you've been quite an, like an idol of mine. I, I really, you well, know, have you. respected you. you, and we've kept in touch. You know, and in, in fact, uh, you know, I know you on a little bit of a social media fest, but you'll see that like I tagged you with uh, Vince <laughs> Taylor, the five-time Mister Olympia, because he was like, "Hey, what are you doing tomorrow? Let's catch up tomorrow." I was like, "No, I'm I'm catching up with Mike," and I use the word acquaintance because when I use the word friend. You know, I really emphasize, again, that I know their family. I know this. And you and I haven't kept in touch recently. You know, we haven't kept right. in touch recently. Right. So, so, and I, I think that's shitty friendship. So I'd like to remedy that, obviously. But 
what I have, the amount of respect I have for you, it's like, this all started too, because on social media I shared, I was at one of the guys who owns a gym and staying at his home. And again, I spent a lot of time in hotels, but I also like to spend some time with them and their family, even if it's for a few hours or for one night, because it gives me an idea of what type of pressures they deal with Mm. to better advise them. So as soon as someone picks me up from the airport, I'm immediately scoping the area, like what type of stores, how many stores are vacant, you know, like what's the average mean income. What, right. what, so when they tell me, well, I can't raise my raise, I can't, I was like, bullshit, you fucking have a Kate Spade store. You have a, you're like, you have a Bang Olufsen and fucking like, that, those are very rare stores that are not common in a mall, per se. You know, like, so that's, those are the kind of things that I observe right away. And even with their family, and I show them how whatever is the issue in their movement, and, and I prove it to them. Like, this guy's wife, met me and she was like, oh, my elbow hurts. I was like, doing what? She goes, doing pull-ups. I was like, all right, let me take a look. And she was actually to pick up this water bottle. So I, I had her do some movements and then just lifting the water bottle and doing the pull-ups, pain gone. And I, again, I joke, I, I put my hand on their head. I go, you've been healed, you know, and just that kind of bullshit, you know, but really all it is is proper mechanics, you know, it's, sure. it's nothing special. But I've had people at seminars in CrossFit and literally say, oh my God, you've cured and fill in the blank. PMS. Yeah. Parkinson's disease. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I make it very clear to people. I like to joke, but all I did was help align you. Your body, when it functions properly, it the body heals itself with the aid of supplemental, whether it's chemo or herbs or rest yeah. or nutrition. Like, the synergy of success. That's, that's what yeah. I look at as a coach. So I look at their stresses and so forth. So I was staying at this guy's house, hanging out with his two daughters. And again, when I first met his daughter, Several months ago, she wouldn't give me the time of day. She was like, oh, are you going to Jay's wedding? I was like, yeah, why? Are you looking for a date? She's like, oh, disgusting. You're too old. It's like, I would love to go to go, go with you. Like, I was busting her balls, you know, and she's just like, how about a dance? She's like, no. And then now, like, she hugs me. She wrote, I could I could literally screenshot and send you, Mike, again, this letter that she wrote, like, when are you coming back? And she's like, can you tuck me into bed? And, like, we're, like, BFFs now, right? She sends me pictures of her <laughs> gymnastics meet. But... The father comes down, he goes, hey, could you use this? He goes, I don't use this. And it was basically, it was your magnesium spray. I was like, oh, my God, I love this. I'll take it. I was like, and she's like, she was she's sitting on my lap. She goes, what is that? I go, it's like a mineral, like, you know how vitamins are? You take a vitamin. I go, it's a mineral supplement, but it's topical. You spray it, so the absorption is better through the skin. So she's reading it. She's nine years old, and she's like, you know, like, reading your stuff. And she sees your face, and I'm like, yeah, Mike's, Mike's a good friend of mine. And she's like, you don't know him. Like, I do know him. He's like, you don't know him. So I scroll in my contact, and I show your phone number. He goes, oh, my God, you do know him. I was like, yeah, what am I, lying to you? Like, come on. You know, and that's, you know, and we laughed so much. Good, it's a good thing you didn't call that number because yeah, that was the old number. <laughs> that, it's, a good call, it's a good thing. She's like, hey, let's just call that number. I want to see if it's true because that's a number. That's right. an update number. <laughs> right, right. That's, I got the, I got the update. Again, that's my bad for not having kept in touch. But, you know. But that being said, like I, like I offered you before, I, I have questions for you because, like, like, I'm dating a vegan, so I got tons of questions for you for that. Just like, yeah, I was sure. like hey, you know, if you, you want to hit up that Skype about this, this, and this, like, this is my whole goal because I'm 46 now. This is what I tell people. It's like, if the average lifespan is, what, 79, 80, right? Yeah. I've already yeah. hit the halfway mark. Like, I'm, I'm already on the decline. And I don't feel that way because my clients can attest and my people who've been with me for, like, two decades can say, like, look, 
I have damage from sparring, bare knuckle training, from all sorts of, and doing stupid stuff too. Right? right. And, but they've, they've seen me bruised from like, you know, fighting and sparring and doing all this stuff. And they've seen me sore. But they've never seen me go, I can't demo that because of my back, because of my neck, because yeah. of my, they've never seen me injured due to an incapacity. Like I've helped, you know, people like, release or stretch and they hold my hand and then the knuckle shifts and they're like oh my god what what was that i was like oh that's an old injury from like smashing like bricks and stupid shit and they're like oh you don't move like you're injured and i'm like yeah well that's a testament to this training it doesn't mean i'm perfect it doesn't mean i still don't have nerve damage in my eye or a floating rib that sticks out or barely any cartilage in my knee or anything but it doesn't prohibit me and that's my my thing for people is i want you to stop jujitsu because you got sick of jujitsu and wanted to do bowling, not because you had to, because yeah. of your back or yeah. your knee. And that's my gift to the world. That's that's what I focus on. And that's what I think is really important from a longevity perspective. I'm not even thinking live life forever because, hey, you could eat super healthy, work out and get hit by a bus tomorrow. So, like, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that ego of I'm a vegan or I'm a carnivore or I'm a keto guy. Go fuck right. yourself if you think that makes you invulnerable. You know, it's yeah, like, or yeah, I make 100%. money. It's like, the fuck you. But for ethical reasons, because that's your belief, that's your core, that's your center. I respect that so much. And I tell people, and I've had multiple people who, who train, you know, the prince, you know, of Morocco, or, you know, those are the types of people that I train. And it's like, if they, they believe in open relationships or they believe in, I don't care what, the devil or whatever, I don't judge it. As long as yeah. it doesn't go against my belief. As long as it's not like, pedophilia or something like that right. but right, uh, right. other than that i don't judge uh, my place is not to judge my place is to constructively criticize in terms of target acquisition you say you want to lose weight but you keep eating ice cream you say you want to fall in like you know this one guy i was talking about today it's like you keep saying you want a relationship but all your behavior is not geared towards relationship even with your friends your communication is poor he goes oh my god you're right this last three years have just been about me making money and getting laid that's like, and that's okay. If that's, if that's what you want, and that's what I tell people. If I told my clients all I care about is snorting cocaine off a of stripper's asses, and I told them that, and as soon as they were done with their session and gave me their money, I ran to the strip club, and they're like, whoa, he didn't really give a shit that much about me. At least I was honest. You could be like, you may not agree with that, but at least I was honest and said that's my priority. Right. right, right. And that's my thing is all I want you to be is congruent between who you present yourself to be and who you are, not for image sake, but because I believe the larger the gap that is, the more there's unnecessary drama that you created in your life that doesn't need to be there, that impedes <laughs> performance and achievement. You know, back to this whole snorting cocaine off a stripper's ass. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, go back. Come on, let's, let's go back a little further. No, let's go back a little further. Man, when he, the voice that he used when he said, all I've been doing is making money and, and, and banging or whatever. Why did that sound like Vince McMahon when you made that voice? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got some stories there. Fuck, dude, making money and getting it. Get paid. <laughs> <laughs> No, but this, I always laugh at that analogy, snorting co Who came up with this? Okay, first of all, who has actually snorted cocaine off a stripper's ass? Let's start there. And, and why has this become part of the common vernacular as if so many people have done it? 
are <laughs> <laughs> fired. <laughs> That's what I want to know. <laughs> and the whole statement, and the whole statement of saying it's just stripping cocaine off a stripper's ass. First of all, it doesn't sound that inviting because how flat does her ass have to be in order to sniff coke off her? Because <laughs> yeah, it's going to get lost otherwise, right? It's not gonna go <laughs> Sounds like you should. <laughs> that was her yeah, ass but, for that. But that's, <laughs> but that's why it's so great. You guys are so genuine. You know, your podcast, you guys probably laugh the most out of any podcast that I know. Your intro music is awesome, first of all. I have to say that. I have to get that. Yeah, that's our friend Harley Flanagan of the Crow Mags. That's from him. Oh, uh, it's it's wickedly awesome. I mean, I don't know much about music. I'm I'm still listening to Hall Notes, so I'm still dated. But it's <laughs> it's it's a, it pumps me up. I you know like yeah, they have I love heads. that song. <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, longevity, right? They're the longest selling duo. You know that's that's my shtick, right? But you know <laughs> what I love is you know on my Facebook page, it's like everything's there. It's I don't hide anything because if someone tags me, they tag me. You know I, I don't purposely make people and I. I'm not like an organization where people make me ha- make them hashtag and all this kind of stuff. But even I did a post the other day and this guy who introduced me to Biggie. And this is a story I was actually going to, I forgot to share on Jay Perugia's podcast. He interviewed me because Chad introduced, Chad Waterbury introduced me. Uh-huh. And yeah. I know he's a big hip hop guy. And it's like, yeah. and I literally, my response to him was, you know, it was all a dream. And then he finished the lyric because he introduced me to Biggie because he, he used to put on, uh, a concert on Jones Beach uh, oh. every year called the Greek Fest. So it was all the fraternities, right? So it was all, right. he's the Phi Beta Sigma. And uh, he was like, yo, just come up. Don't even pay. Just tell them you're my instructor, blah, blah, blah. So he's like this guy who used to play, I believe he used to play for the Packers for a little bit. So he was like this huge, like six foot two, 280, like just this jack dude. And when he came in, you know, to learn martial arts, he's like, I already know how to fight. I'm from the street. He goes, I just need some exercise because I'm not doing anything because I'm getting fat. And he basically was very skeptical with me. And he's like, I don't know. One day he was very polite after class because I used to teach martial arts class at my uncle's school. And um, he's like, he basically challenged me. I was like, all right. He goes, no, he goes, no rules. Like, like street. Like, I was like, yes, I understand. I speak English, you know? And he's like, I don't think you understand. Because I was so nonchalant about it. I was like, yeah, let's right. do this. You mean, he's, and then, like, he came at me a few times, and, you know, he was just like, okay. And he ended up on the floor, and he ended up in the corner, and he was just like, <laughs> damn. And then he literally heard, like, oh, I heard it's your birthday. He goes, he goes I'm going to pick you up. I was like, no, nah, I'm good. And all I did was work. I worked, like, 50, 60 hours, at, you know, at that point in my life. And he goes, the last class on on Friday is 7 o'clock, right? I was like, yeah, I'll come pick you up 730. I'll let you shower and stuff, and then I'm going to take you out. And we became fast friends. We used to train every Sunday. We used to spar together. And he introduced me, he invited me to this Greek fest and he was telling me because I was a public enemy fan. So he's like, Chuck D's going to be here because he was promoting 5-0, his group. So Wu-Tang Clan was there. Like all, it was crazy. It was on the beach. He introduced me to uh, the lieutenant of the Nation of Islam because they were doing security for the beach. And you could well, well, what, was, what was his name out of curiosity? Because I, I studied the Nation of Islam a lot when I was in college. I don't remember the lieutenant's name. Stan Dennis is the guy that I'm talking about. He he used to own hot uh, Eminem Hot Chocolate Productions, and he oh, okay. basically he he knew you know he knows Queen Latifah's Dana Naughty by Nature right. back in the day, even before they were huge. You know all these people yeah. in that area, and he you know he would joke with me, you know just like we talk about the fitness industry. He's like, 
all these gangsters who pretend to be gangsters, they're not. <laughs> so like, like that kind of thing, you know. Like he used to tell me that. So he would take me to all these clubs and so forth. But what was great was he literally introduced, and you know, this is on a beach, and you literally can't see this. That's their like promo ad, like the party so you know slamming that you you can't see the the beach, you can't see the sand on the beach. That's how many people there are, and. Yeah. You know, he would introduce me to all these people. I mean, this is when he had like, like the New York Knicks, like Patrick Ewing, John Starks. Like, I didn't follow sports, so I didn't know people. Mark Breland, the boxer, walked down. I was like, oh my god, it's Mark Mark Breland. They're like, you know that fool, but you don't know John Starks. You know, like they used to make fun of me, and because I never pretended not to be me, I was never like yo yo yo, and like I would I would tell you know my cousins to tell like uh uh who was it Busta like. Tell him to pass the Cavassier. Ha, ha, ha. You know, like they would make fun of me all the time because, you know, I, I wasn't very hip. You know, I'm still not very hip. But he introduced me to Biggie. Biggie went out, and he wasn't as big as, you know, this is when he was lean and mean coming up, you know. So it sounds like about 94, a, 95, right? Yeah. He, he, I, yeah. he was in a denim jacket. His album hadn't dropped yet. Okay? Yeah. He goes out there. He's nervous. He's a little winded. It's hot as fucking hell, and he's wearing denim on the beach. <laughs> and they basically booed him. They booed him, right? Wow. And he introduced me. This is my boy Biggie from Brooklyn, because you know he's also from Brooklyn. He's like, oh, this is my boy from Brooklyn. Blah blah blah. So I was like, all right. We start, you know, we we train every Sunday. I don't know. Let's fast forward three months. I I, I have no idea timeline. Let's say three months. And he goes, yo, remember my boy from Brooklyn? I go, yeah. His album just dropped, and it's blowing up the chart. And I was like, what? You know, like, like that's what I pride myself in. And of course, I was there at the Sunday sparring session when he came to me and goes, they, they got him. I go, what do you mean? Biggie's dead. I was like, what? Are you kidding me? Like, like I follow people through their whole careers. I've been there, and I don't know Biggie. I, I just met him once. I'm just saying, that's the metaphor for the fitness industry. People in this industry, I knew this guy when he was a Shelby Sheriff's Department an officer working, you know, there and teaching the corrections officers to being Biden's Secret Service agent, to being Homeland Security, to being counter surveillance, to be an instructor. So that this guy's so high up now, but it's not that, oh, you know this person or this four star general. No, you know what I I trained that four star general's daughter. I trained him for a surgery, pre and post hab from his rotator cuff surgery from falling in Colorado. And they're like, Oh, you're eighty four, sir you don't need surgery because what are you going to do? He goes, I'm active. I ski. I have grandkids. I'm getting this fixed. He ended up with better range of motion than when he's before the rotator cuff tear. You know, that's my history of results. And more importantly, what I had to show these people, and again, be a little douchey, is like I would show them pictures of their house in San Diego, their house in Virginia, their house in Memphis. And they'd be like, hey, wait a minute. That's, that's my old house here. That's my, yeah, I've followed your career for two decades. I've been your friend. I've been your trainer. I've been there for all your training advice. For every, so even when they're on surveillance, they're like, oh, I'm putting on weight. Give me uh, something to cut some weight because I'm not moving around much. Boom. That, and that literally happened a couple weeks ago. I, I want to say three weeks ago. And I spoke to that gentleman on the phone two days ago. So, like, that's what I pride myself in. And that's what I was saying about this is the latter part of my life. So even if we slowly get to know each other, like even us, Mike, if we slowly just start texting jokes and memes and sincere, let's exchange numbers too and like add like this group text and like bust each other's balls, like build this rapport. I want to come out to Vegas and visit you guys and see how you guys are doing and blah, blah, blah. But I want to build relationships 
that are with me for the second half of my life. That's what's important to me personally. And I want to yeah, share that, what knowledge that's I have. Been, that's an important thing. We had Johan Hari on the podcast last year. He wrote a book on depression. Great book. And I've read many books on the topic, and I thought his was paramount, by far the best. But anyway, one of the categories he talked about why people are depressed, one, you don't spend enough time in nature, too much time with technology. But the other one is no real connection. The main one really is no real connections. And the social media connections don't count. You're not friends with somebody on Facebook if you've never met them in person. You're not friends with these Instagram people. You could disappear from Look, I'm taking an extended break from Instagram. Now, if and when I get back on in a month or two, it's highly unlikely I'm going to have an inbox full of messages saying, oh, man, where have you been? Well, we right, noticed right. you haven't been on here for a while. Is everything okay? It's just those aren't those aren't. I mean, my friends on my real friends on there are people I talk to in the real world too. Right. <clears throat> people yeah, that like I was saying, like, I, I, like, I like having yeah, those yeah. carbon-based friends, and not those like-based friends. You know, yeah. <laughs> right? Right. It's a tool. So that's and, not real yeah. connections, but people are trying no. to use that as a substitute for real connections. Is where I'm going. Correct. They're thinking, and then because. It's easy. You just get on there and you can be something you're not. You can have this fake avatar, this fake personality that's an exaggeration or just a fragrant lie of who you are. It's easy to go into that virtual world and be something you're not to the point where it's now uncomfortable to be in the real world because who you are as a real person in the real world is so distant from that. Exactly. If you have real friends, they're going to check you when you're trying to be this person that you're now. They're going to be like, dude, what the fuck yeah, are you doing? Exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> they'll be like, why? You can lie to everybody else. But you can't lie to us. We're your boys, man. What are you doing? <laughs> so, and yeah. those are the type of friends you want to have. They can hold right. you accountable. Right. But, exactly. But that's, but that's not real because I've had clients who literally, you know, have a big social media following. And like you said, they're looking for that approval. So they're like, oh my God, men's health shared my post today. I said, that's great. Later, I got a text and a call. Oh my God, did you see the comments? People are accusing me of using steroids and doing this. I go, but you are. Yeah, but they don't know that. It's like, you know, like shit like that. You know, like, who's that literally? My, my girlfriend at the time, they said, yeah, you know, don't like, complain about people accusing you when you're doing the shit. It's like, man, right, right. Wait a minute, how do they know? I mean, I know I am. I know I'm yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. But how do they know? Focus on the article. You know, my real life, man. Oh, so that's great. What the problem is, you know, it's saying that I often say is the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. Yeah. So it's like his own best friend talks shit about him but never says it to him. But they say it to me. Right. So right. it's like right. because they know I'm the guy with the non-disclosure agreement or because I'm not interested in spreading gossip, you know. Sure. But I get told all the gossip because when people know that you have a pretty tight lip, like – and even like recently I was put in a situation where, you know, I, I speak to both the boyfriend and the girlfriend and there was a situation – and I told each one of them, I'm going to maintain the friendships and I'm going to respect each other's privacy. I mean, I'm not going to talk about right. your stuff, with it, but please respect that I want to maintain friendships with both of you. And I'm not trying to be PC because I actually like both of them. If I right. didn't like right. one of them, I would say that. You know, that's, yeah. that's the difference. And to me, I work with a lot of – the last podcast I was on was, was thanks to Chad Waterbury. It was about um, military personnel and PTSD because I do work with a lot of military personnel. And you talk about our old friend, or, uh, you know, again, I say acquaintance because I haven't spoken to him in years. So that's by definition. Nate Morrison, I had a, a guy over in Fallujah, Iraq, and he was part of a five-man insurgent team. He said it was like the Wild West. He felt like Wyatt Earp, basically. He goes, you know, Tombstone, 
I'm white earth. Like it's, it's chaos. Here, you know? <laughs> yeah. And he was going door to door hunting down terrorists. You know, he was in charge of his own fitness. Like he was so fit and he was probably 41 at the time, 39 or 41 at the time. I'm trying to remember super fit. Cause I got him on the kettlebells, blah, 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 so forth and so on that he asked me, you know, to send him stuff like these kids don't know anything about Enter the Dragon. Get me the Blu-ray. Send me some candy because I need to make way with the kids. Send me. So I would send him all the stuff. And then one day he's like, oh, I got free reign to do my own PT. Send me a kettlebell. So I'm like, shit, how am I going to get a kettlebell to fucking Fallujah, right? So <laughs> I, I emailed Nate for advice to get him a kettlebell in yeah. Fallujah. So that's what I, that's what the connections are for. And that's what this is all about is, and I believe in that. And, you know, it's one of my proudest moments because he was my mentor growing up in martial arts. You know, he was 10 years older than me. So he used to beat the crap out of me. He, this guy used to go across country on a Harley, you know, multiple times. He fought Golden Gloves, PK. He went over to Thailand before there were any Westerners going there. There were no camps. There was no Fairtex. There was no Tiger Muay Thai. It was just a fucking white guy showing up, you know, and getting his yeah. ass beat by these Muay Thai guys. He used to fight. He used to spar with uh, Dan Morgliato, who's the UFC referee, because yeah, he was right. one of Bart Bale's shoot fighters. So they were tr- sparring partners. So Jay Cuoco is his name. He's he's a, a brother of mine. He literally, I want to say, a year or so ago, retired from Quantico. He was head of their civil affairs department, and um, I had trained him in all this kind of the kettlebell stuff, and he was really impressed by that. And he called me up from the sat phone, and he said, "Chung." Never called me by my first name. He's like, Chung. He's true like John Wayne type, you know, Leatherneck. He's like, I just spoke to my parents on the chat phone. I said, who else do I want to call? I said, you. And I just wanted to say one thing to you. And I said, what? He goes, everything you taught me, like you always say, poof is in the pudding. It worked. In real combat, face-to-face, knife-to-chest, it worked. And he goes, I just want to thank you. And I... I almost started tearing up. I was like, shit, man, like, fuck, you know, like that was one of the best testimonies anyone gave to me personally like that, you know, that, and it meant so much because he used to literally beat the shit out of me every day. Like there's, there's no ego here. I mean, I, I, he literally kicked me through a display case one time. Like he knocked the wind out of me, knocked me out. He, he beat me up every which way, but loose. It took me two and a half years to even get him close to fate getting knocked out by me. And that was once. And then he asked me, how did you do that? And asked me to teach him what I did. Because it took me, like, I would show up and be like, today's the day I'm going to beat him. And then I would be like, that didn't work. And I would be like, the theory wasn't good, or I didn't work out hard enough, or he's just that good, and I'm just that delusional. So it took me two and a half years to even get his respect. And this is what we talked about off uh, recording, that I have this theme where these people who are mentors of mine became peers. And then eventually I became a mentor to them for a facet of their life, like kettlebell, for example. And that made me proud to help him serve our country, you know, and make us yeah. safe. So we can sit here and do podcasts and watch, you know, you know, the Justice League and do shit like that. You know, those, those are the guys that I always make time for. That's why I do a lot of pro bono work with PTSD guys. I'm so grateful that these guys send me their metal ribbons and their wives call me and send me baked goods. And they're like, now he's on, you know, antidepressant medication from 250 to now down to 50 milligrams. And he's eventually, with the approval of his therapist, going to be weaned off completely off his med. 
You know, like those are not Jay, but like, you know, all these different, I'm yeah. doing an amalgamation of all these different people that I've coached throughout time. You know, that's to me, so important to me. That's what yeah. I believe in people in the fitness industry. Like I know all these people like McNelson and we're friends. Like I go to his house, he and his wife know each other. He's invited me to, his, he's in Arizona right now. He invited me and my girlfriend to go visit and stay with he and his wife and his dogs. Like when people's dogs are sick, when their mom dies of cancer, they call, you know, you talk about Ghostbusters, they call me and, and there's no hashtag. There's no even indication on social media that we even know each other for, for a lot of people, you know? And that's yeah. what I want people to focus on is substance from the get-go because all the people who are depressed, like you said, all the military personnel, all the, all the, rape victims I work with, if I activate their lower core and all of a sudden they start crying, I'm like, whoa, what's going yeah. on? And then I, yeah. I've seen that a lot because they purposely numb neurologically that area. Right. So if I light up that pool, that metaphoric pool shot, so they feel stim there. And I've seen it enough now that I recognize it very easily. Yeah. And so they all share one thing in common if they're still holding on to the trauma. Right. There are people who survived and thrived very well in spite of it. And there are yeah. people who haven't. And the ones who haven't, it's because they're they're in that opera singer, me, 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 me mode. They're like, why did yeah. this happen? I was like, and that's not the reality now. It, it's unfortunate that something happened at one point or something mild happened compared to people who really faced repeated trauma, got an STD from it, like literally yeah. like yeah. traumatized from it. You know, and this happened once, one a neighborhood. And I'm not meaning to belittle it. I'm just saying, wow, you're acting as if you just went through war and killed 50 people. So it's a selfish circle. So I always tell people, connect me to we, because this is my theory. I have this book that I've been working on. I don't even really care about publishing it. It's, I really just want to hand it to my people so we can have a better shorthand. So I don't yeah. have to waste a lot of time explaining stuff to them. That's really right. the motivation of that book. But I say it's we to me. Me to we. That's the rupa or lineage. Just like dog breeding. You know, it's like martial arts training, right? You know, all of my martial arts, I'm third generation from every style that I've trained from the creator. So I'm a very purebred martial artist. It doesn't mean I'm great or tough, but my knowledge force, whereas people go, Bruce Lee's my inspiration. It's like, okay, who did you train? Sano, <laughs> Ted Wong. You know, like, who did you train? They're like, oh, I watched his movies. With his book, you know, it's like, no, you don't, like, you could be inspired by, by Bruce Lee, but don't say you do Bruce Lee style. Don't say you did Muay Thai with this guy. Don't say you did Tai Chi with this guy, because you didn't, you know? And that's the, the trend, you know, because we're all getting older. So all these guys, you know, like I said, Polk and Thibodeau, Paul Czech, they're leading the way because they're realizing longevity is key. So they're going back to the five element theory. They're going back to personality types. They're going back to Tai Chi rule. They're going back to standing meditation. Sufism, Hinduism, yogi, kundalini, uh, Judeo-Christianity, Hamsa, mysticism. I don't care Kabbalah. I don't care what you call it. Okay? We're all, we all need to learn to just breathe and be in the moment. And I'll tell you, somebody Skype with me who's got a certification and a very well-known certification. And he sat there and went and told me his whole section on breathing. He's like, well, it's part, you know, the box breathing from Mark Devine and this from Wim Hof. And it's just a mishmash of things. And it's not, I like all those guys. I, I have nothing bad to say about those guys. But when you 
take a piece, right? And this Bruce Lee mentality, like Alan Cosgrove said it, right? You know, take what is useful, absorb what is useful, you know, discard what is useless. Well, yeah, he ha- fucking had a foundation in martial arts before he started doing all that shit. Like, you right. got to have basic footwork. Right. you got to have basic movement skills and uh, eye gapping and timing and power and speed and pressure and contact. you got to have basic fundamentals, and people don't have this. So yeah. my big thing is this is what you have to focus on is, is are these basic fundamentals. You have to invest in this and stick with – I have people go, well, I want you to be my mentor. I'm like, I'm not interested in being your mentor, number one. Number two, I don't think you know what it entails to be a mentor because I've lived with my uncle. I've lived with my grandfather who, you know, they you know, taught Chuck Norris and, you know, like all these amazing people. And it's like I know what it's like to literally stand out there and learn three moves, have my uncle come out in two hours and teach me another three moves. And then forget about me because he's watching golf, looks out the window when he's pissing, goes, oh, shit, my nephew's outside still and runs downstairs. Like, <laughs> I, I know what it's like to have weights tied to me and shit like that. Little Chinese old men hitting me with shit. And, you know, like, I know what it's like to really do all the shit that they think is really cool and kill Bill with Pi May. And <laughs> I don't teach people that way. I don't teach because it's not – my whole point is the basics are best, right? Basic compound movements, yoga, type, those things are great. We have to bastardize it and water it down for a generation. That's all I do is make it more palatable for today's mindset that is waiting for a 30-second download and is too impatient for that. So I'm taking the benefits of the cliff notes, and I'm saying if you like the benefits of what you see with this, because that person with the uh, certification, he gave me all these breathing exercises. I said, line yourself up on all fours, do this, breathe like this. 30 seconds, he bowled over into the fetal position with a cramp. And I said, you want to do three hours on breathing or you want to focus on 30 seconds? Then (laughs) on social media that weekend, I saw him teaching that. No credit, no hashtag, no nothing. And again, it's not about the ego. It's about, bro, my requirement now is you have to train the thing three months before you even try to show it to someone. Yeah. That's a requirement. And... My year, my commitment, I got a lot of people who want to train with me, who hear about me from so-and-so and this person. I said it's a minimum of a year requirement because it has nothing to do with money. has everything to do with I want you to do this for four seasons, to go four seasons with me and see what it does. For I can show you instantly what, what it will do for you. I'm always willing to prove that. And that's my favorite part of any seminar is to sit in a CrossFit gym and just sight unseen, people literally throw shit at me. Like, I had this one owner be like, my back hurts. I go, and what? She's like, everything. I go, that's not good. What definitely hurts your lower back? She goes, front squat. I go, okay. And this isn't popular. I've never met the woman before. Don't know her medical history. Don't know anything about her. So I go, warm up. Do your thing. We're all just sitting there waiting, watching her. Watch her warm up. She does her a few sets. And she goes, now. It's hurting me now. I watched her the whole time. Walked up to her. Rotated her elbows in. Then had her do it. She goes, the pain's gone. You're cured. Well, you're welcome. And I walked, it's like, and I have a million stories like this where people hug me and they're like, blah, blah, blah. But if someone showed you that, wouldn't you be like, now I want to learn more. Now yeah. I want to go deeper Definitely. down this rabbit hole. But I found the opposite to be the case. Well, they want to, they want to do what they can go get attention for immediately. So they'll, they'll take right. that they one thing magic. and then. Right. 
Yeah, exactly. Don't right. take that one thing and go post it and say, hey, look what I came up with. <laughs> you know, not give right. you any credit, but not only not give you any credit, but not even have an understanding of what they're doing. They're just right. replicating what you show them without a clear idea of why this works or what situation it will work in and why they're even doing it. Right. Like, dude, how'd, you, how'd you do that? Oh, well, you know, if you take my class, I can show you. you know, I, just, I can't show you right here on the Internet really fast like this. Well, dude, you just did. So, so can you please explain it, you jackass? You, you know what's so funny? Because all these guys, our industry is getting to the point where people are trying to be something they're not. Again, we're not doctors, right? We're not diagnosing. We don't have x-ray vision. You know, and people are like, that's why I always ask, what did your doctor say? What What is your opinion? Like, all these kinds of things. And, you know, they talk fancy. They're all like, you know, the cephalocaudal proximal distal trend of your internal rotation of your rotator cuff, <laughs> of the gracilis of the anterior tibia. It's like, bro, I... Your clients aren't going to benefit from that. And if anything, I use really stupid analogies that even oftentimes aren't technically correct, but convey the message, right? Which is the point. And so I was literally at the seminar because I still like learning too. This kid from Australia, Eugene Tiel, really nice kid. He's, He's very popular. So he was going to be in the New York area. I said, oh, let me check this kid out. So I went up. And I, I reached out to the host and I was like, hey, I'm going to be up because I always I have free time. So I have a couple of times I, I spend a couple of days earlier and stay later because I have the freedom. I don't have to rush home, you know, to train. You know, like I have people that rely on me. But when I travel and so forth, I don't train people. I focus on the people I'm with always. And so and I give my people homework. So I was up there and Kyle is such a nice kid, the the, the guy who hosted but it took me a while to get to him. I kept messaging, hey, do you want to grab something? And he just kind of like was very polite to me. But again, they don't know me from a hole in the wall and they don't really care. And again, most people are, are in our industry are very shy, right? They, they say alpha, they say renegade, but they're really socially awkward, right? That's the reality. So, <laughs> right. And you guys know that, you know, I don't have to tell you that. So I go up there and I go, I walk into the seminar and again, you know, I walk in with my notebook and some food and the guy looks at me and goes, I know you. He goes, I've heard of you before. And he mentioned somebody who raved about me. I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And I just sit there. And then at dinner that night, we all get together at this place for dinner. He goes, oh, oh." he goes, there's a seat right here. So I sit across from him and his girlfriend. And he starts drilling me, like literally. And these people next to me are like, who are you? What? Like, because they're there for this guy, because he's got a huge social media following. You know, and he's, you know, he does seminars with John Meadows, and he's a very well-known guy. Young kid, for... He has a lot more on the ball than I ever had at that age. So I give him a lot of credit. So I learned a lot. So the next day, he starts asking me all these questions. Like, what is this? So I start showing him stuff. Then people at the seminar start looking at me like, who are you? I'm like, nobody. Never mind. And and I'm open to coaching. Like, these 20-year-old kid who doesn't even basically have any, you know, hair on his face goes, you know, you really should squeeze your glutes more and push, externally rotate more. I'm like, okay. And I do because I like learning. I don't have a problem with learning or working hard. That's not my issue. When when I I know a lot of equipment designers. When uh, Jim Seitzer, the band bell guy, like I was already out there for a seminar. I was like, hey, I want to spend a day learning about the band bell. So I met him for a whole day at his gym, and he just for three hours put me through the ringer. And I didn't give him shit. Like whatever he told me to do, I did. Behind the neck press, instead of being like, well, technically, isn't that bad for your? I'm like, fuck it, let's do it. You know, like I don't have any restrictions. Let's do this. Squat, you know, bodybuilding, spider curls. I don't care. Whatever you want me to do. I'm going to fucking do it because you're the guy who designed this. You're the operant field field. You're the expert in this field. I'm going to humble myself and do this. And then we went out with the powerlifters and ate all that kind of stuff. So getting back to this Eugene story, 
long story short, uh, he was very interested in me. So he invited me back to his host house for dinner. And I'm like, well, it's really not your place. It's not your house. So I went up to the host and I said, Eugene invited me, but I don't, you know, I'm polite. Like, I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to just show up to your house for dinner. He's like, oh, no, it's cool. He said it was cool. You know, and I, and he's sitting there eating even before we eat this big bodybuilder type, good looking guy, been on the cover of Muscle Fitness. I go, Kyle, what's your story? And all of a sudden this kid opens up. I was like, Jesus Christ, for two, three days, all he said to me were two words. Like, hi. It was nice. But like, he opened, well, he was in his kitchen. He was literally standing in his kitchen eating food. His safest place, right? Hiding behind food. Not hiding, but you know, he's in his own kitchen. He's in his realm, right? So like, he told me the greatest story about his life. And I really liked it. And I had asked people who trained with him, because I do my research too. So I was like, you train with Kyle? I was like, they all raved about him. Brilliant guy, nice kid. So we're sitting there, we're all having this potluck dinner. You know, the wife is a firefighter and she's like the super CrossFit woman. So she, they made like a ton of food. And again, the pictures are on social media. They're all there. So one of the trainers, young, he's like 21, 22. Kid's name is Josh. Former pole vaulter. He couldn't lift his arms past 45. He couldn't lift his arms overhead. Eugene was working with him during the seminar. He was working with him after the seminar. So they asked me about a wing scap and one of the figure girls who was there, who was, I believe, I'm, I'm remembering this correctly, Josh's girlfriend or one of the other guy's girlfriend. Very sweet young lady. And it's on, it, they put it on Instagram. They, as soon as I started working with her, they, everybody whipped out their phones, right? Like, buck, 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 buck. So, and I showed them this, you know, like this drill. And all of a sudden, her scap started reintegrating. And they're like, holy shit. And they're like, you know, and of course, they want a complicated explanation. They're like, so how did that work? Why is that working? My answer was because the earth is round. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, they're like, fuck you. Like, they wanted like a serious, like, convoluted medical answer that requires a Gray's Anatomy reference, right? It's like, I don't have it because I'm a field guy. You know, I go to people like Chad Waterbury and them for that kind of stuff. I ask them, like, what are the studies saying? What is it? And I respect that. And I learn from them. That's not my gig. My gig is in the trenches experience. So then we're eating dinner and then Eugene goes, I'd really like to see what you can do with Josh. I'm like, yeah, I'm open for it, you know. So then I'm like, all right, I'm on the spot. Let me take a look at how this kid Josh is sitting. I'm watching his posture while he eats, how he weights his body. So then afterwards, as soon as we're cleaning up, he's like, using like a little kid's like, okay, I want to see where we'll go. It's like, everyone's like, Jesus, let's put away the plates and have dessert a little bit. Like, give the guy a break. Like, let's see. So I was like, let's do this, right? So I assess the kid and I see, let me see your current range of motion. And everyone's like sitting around. And then I basically say, okay, this is what I want to do. Because it all goes back to natural motion arcs. It has a lot to do with the eye and the spine and the central nervous system. So I said, this is what I want you to do. And he's a pretty tall kid. I'm going to, because we're in this guy's house. So they're, they might've had equipment, but we were in his living room. So I was like, here, do this. I used a throw pillow and I used me. And I did a couple of sessions. I said, I'm going to throw both my forearms at you, you're going to have your hands neutral, and you're going to just shock absorb it, like you're catching an egg or a baby. And I made sure, I was like, I want your eyes to, to guide and guard the arc that I'm creating, and then I want you to gradually just focus on throwing the force back at me. I want you to absorb it. And I went through this progression, and I went through another progression, and literally he was able to, his full range of motion was restored, and people were flipping the fuck out. Like, they were running around the house going, what did I just witness? And then all of a sudden there was a line at the door. My back hurts. I have this problem. I have that problem. So I was there like the whole night, basically talking to all these traders about all these <laughs> different things, you know? And it's so funny because like, even like these powerlifters, they're like, 
I was like, I would name drop someone. They're like, and I have this person's phone number. They're like, yeah, you're right. This person is very sweet, but you're right. They are always injured. Yeah. But I would always drop like a simple little thing that only people who know that person would know, you know, about that, you know, yeah. like not their public okay. image. And they're like, that's the truth. And obviously, again, I could pull up their phone number and maybe it has changed since last I spoke to them, but maybe it has. <laughs> so, you know, but my point being is, these are the things, and he literally, like Eugene and I Skype all the time, he's like, my mind's still blown about that. I'm still trying to wrap my head around that, and blah, blah, blah. It, you know, and I learn stuff from him all the time, and I credit him all the time. I'm like, hey, I learned this from Eugene. Hey, I learned this from Mike. Hey, I learned this from, you know, Sincere. That's, I, in a zombie apocalypse, are we really going to fight over who's going to kill this zombie? There's more than enough. Like, my whole thing is, and it's lip service. <laughs> I had this one guy literally three weeks ago, four weeks, more than four, a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, call me. No, he messaged me. And he said, look at this guy plagiarizing you. And I was like, okay. I go, what's the point? He said, oh, I think it's funny. He's plagiarizing. I'm like, I don't really care, bro. You know, like, and I, and I said, you know, well, not for nothing, the buddy that you hosted and the guy you, you're buddies with, he plagiarizes me all the time and never credits me. So why are you showing me this? He goes, well, you have a problem that I'm friends with him? I'm like, not at all. I'm just saying it's ironic that you're taking time out of your day since I haven't heard from you in forever to show me something that one of your own friends is guilty of. That's all I'm saying. Right. And he right. started flipping he started flipping out. Then I called him because I wanted to you know, whenever anything goes wrong on a test, I want to talk to people. And I could tell you guys sincere, I'm like I'm some of the purported toughest guys talk shit to me on text. They're like, say it to my face. I pick up the phone and call it. They won't even pick up the goddamn phone. These, guys, <laughs> yeah. these are guys who could physically beat me up. You know what I mean? These guys are tougher than me. It's, it's, it's already proven that these guys could beat me up. So that's not the issue. It's, it's a matter of facing the issue. Like you said, starting at out right. And And this guy, this guy, his whole thing. Well, people get, people get uncomfortable with that level of directness and authenticity, even if they are a combative superior. They're just right. different. Right. And it's hype, hyperbolized, right? It's like, this, right. again, this alpha bullshit. So, and they're the yeah, ones, right. you know, reserved in their corner because their wives and daughters tell them what to do and they have to sit there, you know, and wait for <laughs> like I've seen it. I've literally That's a lot of guys, it, you know, That's a lot of so, guys, a lot of white guys, a lot of yeah. white guys. I noticed their right. wives have them by the balls, right? probably literally right. and figuratively. I mean, these guys can't go out without checking in first and going, Oh, uh, is it okay if I go do this on Thursday night? I go, what are you fucking 12? Well, let me check the two years old, man. Let me call him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I was calling the guy also. He's like, can you give me some time? He was, again, he was, and this is the next point that I want to go into. He he literally was like, give me some time. I'm really upset, right? About what? You know, I don't know what you're upset about, but I get that he's hurt. All I wanted to tell him is, he goes, give me five minutes. And I was like, all I wanted to say was, I won't be available in five minutes, but I do want to talk to you. That's all I wanted to convey to him. Right. And his yeah. whole shtick was my whole social media platform is about bringing trainers together to not be squashed by the big corporate brands because he had been burned. He, he was actually one of the guys that I mentioned earlier that we were talking about off off recording. And um, he was burned by his old partner. So he he's got scar tissue. Right. That he hasn't grown out of. And so. Yeah. To me. Bringing people together in the fitness industry isn't what I call circle jerking, which is just hashtagging them. Hey, let me just hashtag you. Let me hashtag Josh Hankin because I'm using his bag even though I never met him because I want attention, basically. I want his audience, whatever. So 
I wanted to tell them this. This guy wouldn't even pick up the phone. So I was like, so I texted the guy. Yeah, don't even fucking bother me. In the meantime, by the way, I'm not going to be available because I'm going to go work out with my buddy, Nick Nelson, the mad scientist of muscles. So go fuck yourself. You know, like that's, that was my basic response because that was literally what I was doing right at that instant. And that's what I believe in. And the reason why we're having so much trouble programming people with simple things like compound lifts and, you know, just basic fighting and self-defense tactics or basically the potency and the efficacy of what we do, we're being handcuffed because we have people with so much imagined and genuine. I, I don't know where to distinguish where the real and the false begin, but we have to deal with so much bullshit that we have to untangle such a web before we actually get to train. So now yeah. you're part therapist, part physical therapist, occupational therapist, mental psychiatrist. No, this, that's not your job. That's not your realm. Right. Our realm is to help people in the shortest amount of time, meaning I believe in mobility. I believe in prehab. I believe in all those stuff. But I, do, I realize what people are preaching, most people, the compliance rate is very low because you may get trainers to do it and buy into it at a seminar, but your average person, they only have an hour twice a week. They don't want to spend 30, 40 minutes going through every joint to rotate. And I'm not knocking. I'm saying if you have the time, great. Just like if a bodybuilder has time to split up their body parts and, and do two-a-days and take naps and eat, that's great. That's their luxury. But most people don't have that time. And if you truly want to make an impact on your family, and that's my litmus test for people, can you train a family member who has known you your whole life? And I tell people, and again, I'm not particularly religious or anti-religion. I'm just saying, like, even Jesus went to his hometown and people were like, isn't that the carpenter's son? It's like, I know that douchebag. You know, it's like, it's the whole Roger Bannister thing, right? It's like, Bannister broke the four-minute mile? I know that douchebag. You know, it's like I've beaten him before, and that's really what it comes down to, right? It's like, wow, I know that person, and that's a great thing. If you know that person and you've seen them achieve this great thing, that should inspire you, that should encourage you, and you should applaud that person, and it should give you encouragement that you too can accomplish that. And maybe if you're nice, maybe he'll help you accomplish it, you know? Yeah, 100%. Well, hey, man, this has been great. You're you're an easy guest to have because you have a lot to say. Right. <laughs> so it, uh, I can just put we the mic on. We didn't even call any name calling. We didn't even call anybody <laughs> out. Like, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll so, keep it. We'll we'll save that for a future episode. We can just go down the line. <laughs> we'll be we'll be Geraldo Rivera. Breaking news. This just out. <laughs> Al Capone's, you know, uh, tomb. And well, you know what? It's just it's it's a little bit too easy to. Yeah, of course. Just go down the line and, and knock people, especially when they're not able to defend themselves. You know, even if it's someone I don't like, I don't really like to talk about them if they're not on the show with us because they can't defend themselves. They're just here. You're just hearing my side of the story. Absolutely. I'm always reluctant with that. And then also this becomes something that people get off on. They're like, oh, I really like that episode. Yeah, fuck that guy. You know, here's another person I dislike. And then people start piling <laughs> on. And it, it's just pure negative energy. And it's, I don't I don't need that. You know, I don't need to deal with that. Right. What What I hope I conveyed is, I'm not changing the world. All I'm doing is I'm providing an alternative from someone who's been there. And it's my my small perspective that I'm very gracious to share because so many people have shared with me. And I'm so indebted to them that I have to, I'm obligated to pass it on 
you know, before I become dated, basically. Well, hey, we'd give your website a plug, but based on everything you've said, I don't think you have a website, right? We'd give your social media platforms a plug, but sounds like you don't really want any followers. <laughs> no, I mean, like, you, if, if people want to reach me, I am on Facebook. I am on Instagram. I, you know, it's so funny. My Instagram feed used to be so little, but now it's like, just like you, Mike, like you, 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 when you popped up and Brett Jones even popped up, I'm like, well, where have you guys been? You guys are coming to Instagram yeah. late, but yeah. like, well, I'm, yeah, I'm a late, I'm a late. The only reason I started using it is because I was on Rich Roll's. I got invited to be on Rich Roll's podcast, right? And I noticed that he has a huge following and he's always plugging people's social media accounts, that one in particular. So I was like, well, I better get on there and establish a presence so that if I go on a show and do a good job and start capturing some of his audience, that there's somewhere to go. And I'm taking, I'm now, I'm going to be on the London Real podcast probably in April. Oh yeah! I actually have to go to London to do it, but I'm going to teach. That's why I started. I'm going. Let me teach a course or two while I'm out there. I'm not going to just fly to London to do a podcast, even even one with the big following. But I've taught in London a million times, so I've got a big following out there. So I'll start using it. Where where I'm going is I'll start using it again as I get closer to that episode because that that'll be another bump. But I just find that you turn off this stuff for a week, you realize there's a lot there's much better usages of your time. That's where I'm at least Correct. right now. I've got, a, I got a lot of stuff to work on. Correct. So anything that's a, any, anything that's a, a leak of time usage for lack of a better metaphor is something to cut out right now. And I'll, I'll use it again at some point. Just right now I'm taking a break. No, but it's, it's, it, you know, it's so funny. So many people emailed me several years ago. I did a bodybuilding podcast, uh, Shelby Starnes, who was, uh, friends and partners with John Meadows. They had a podcast. So, I was on for a two-parter and so many people resonated with it for some reason that I got a lot of people who emailed me and I had yeah. people literally, all, they were like the information you gave about this or the back or, you know, blah, 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 or the sequence. I gave them like a couple examples and they're like, was so invaluable. I feel like I owe you money. I was like, no, I don't want anything. And they're like, well, I, well, I do with offshore. Right. <laughs> but this guy was like, since you feel that way, here's how you could donate. See how many people actually, oh, well, I didn't think you were actually going to take me up on that. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm fine with anyone who wants to donate money towards the charity. We could direct it towards your charity, you know, the charity that you do. Oh, I'm cool. all, always up for that. Like if, if yeah, people sure. like that, because I had guys who were like, well, I deal with offshore accounts if you ever need my services. <laughs> I'm like, I've had like emails <laughs> just from a podcast, you know. But <laughs> that being said, I'm always like, if you like, I'm always big in terms of doing, like I will always donate my time when people are like, oh, this, and they believe in a cost. I was like, I'll donate my time, energy, and money. Like, what do you want me to do? Like, I'll come raise money and donate 100% of the proceeds. What do you want? Like, let's do yeah. it. Like, yeah. I'm focused on solution orientation. I'm focused on making a difference. And I do with my small people. And I just want that to expand a little bit, you know. And because, you know, like Eugene asked me, he goes, do you want me to really promote you on social media? Do you want this? I'm like, I don't want a big following, but I do want a larger pool to skim from the top. Yeah, I know what for you sure. Mean. Right. And I'm looking to have more the right caliber people. people. Yeah, right. you can meet, yeah. you can interact you with a lot of interesting people through these platforms as well. So I'm not saying that it's just 100% narcissism, although it's probably 90% that at least. But there, there is at least 5% <laughs> of people that are cool people that you can bounce ideas off of or get to know. Right. Right. Like you said, you know, Donnie Thompson, you, me, it's like, this is what I want to start bringing 
people together. That's the whole point. Matt Wenning, who's a powerlifter, told me that when he was a kid, my buddy John Tareen let him shadow him for a day, and that influenced him to go into weightlifting and strength training. So he wants to meet him. I say, hey, anytime I got his phone number, we can get it all together to eat. and Like my big thing, I'll tell you, John Meadows' partner, Ed Koo, is a good friend of mine, and he, he owns Iron Rebel and uh, uh, Granite Supplements. And, you know, I messaged him because, you know, people were talking to me about going to Australia. So I was like, hey, are you going to be there for the Arnold? And he goes, no, why? And he's so accustomed because he, he's the CEO of two companies, like people always like wanting things from him, right? So you could see his like, and I was like, all I asked him was, and he, he literally was like, I just spit out my water. I said, hey, I just wanted to know if you're going to be there so we can grab some grub, train, and eat, you know, and just hang out and laugh. You know, and he laughed because he knows that's me. Like, I'm simple. I'm simple, stupid. And that's what we laugh about. And, and what I care about people, you know, my girlfriend takes their supplements. And, again, I, I could ask him for free supplements, or free, but I don't. Like, I, like, you know, that whole theory about, like, friends don't ask for discounts, right? Like, that kind of thing, right? So I really believe in him, and I really like him a great deal. He, I love how he is as a person and how he is as a father. And, and he gets back to me right away, and I really respect that. And so my girlfriend was like, you know, they used to put, like, lion's mane and these mushrooms in the supplement, but they don't anymore. I said, why not? I don't know. They didn't make an announcement. So I literally just texted him because I know him. I was like, hey, what's the deal with no more mushrooms? And he's like, oh, it wasn't a big selling point. Uh, so we, we decided just to scam it because they only source quality ingredients. So that costs money. I said, that makes sense. And I was like, how are you doing? And so my girlfriend's like, how's Ed doing? I said, I looked at one text and I was like, yeah, he's not doing well. I go, stop bullshitting me. What's really going on? And I go to brush my teeth. I come back and there's this super long text of what's going on in his life. And she's like, you got that from two texts? I'm like, yep. I go, and he's not a client of mine or something. He's just a friend of mine. But you have to know people personal training it's personalized training you want to just write programs for people you don't need any training you don't need to go to any search for that stupid shit you want to actually know people you're better off taking a communications course you're better off going to an improv class and learning to interact with people you're better off learning answering the phone for customer service for eight bucks an hour while you're sitting at home playing your video game you're better off doing that to be a better personal trainer <clears throat> people matter and that's that's yeah. really important to me right so at inner wills and on that note <laughs> at inner wills is what what i am on instagram yeah, we're, we're, we're about to get we're about to get cut off on from the conference call in about five yeah, minutes we've been on for including the time before we started recording we're, we're almost we've almost been on for three hours but man wow. this has been great Let's definitely stay in touch and let's get you back on again later this year as well, because it's a lot of fun talking to you. And like I said, you're an easy guest, but you have a lot to say and you say it well. Hey, thank you so much, guys. And again, let's, Mike, I'll text you. I want to, I want, since okay. number, let's, and let's get together. I want to get together and train and hang out, eat. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. All right, Thanks, man. Guys. You have a great one. It. Thank you. You take care. You Bye. Take care, man. Yeah, man. So that's, Really cool guy. I've known him. Yeah, I've known him for a long time, but it's been a while since I caught up with him. What's cool about the podcast is it's a it's an interesting way to get people from your past to come back on and reconnect, and then also create content for people to listen to. So right. on that note, we only have a few minutes here before we get cut exactly. off. On that note, 
Go leave us some reviews on all the platforms. You know the deal. Go use that coupon code LLA. Go get 10% off everything at MikeMahler.com and NewWarriorTraining.com. Like I said, I'm putting together hormone optimization seminars. I'm not going to do a lot of them. I'm just going to do a few strategic ones. I've got an opportunity to do one for Las Vegas Metro. I've got a friend in just north of London who wanted me to do something at his gym in 2015. I just I just needed a break from courses at that time. But no kettlebell training. This is going to be three hours of hormone optimization, intense information, and then extensive Q&As. So where I'm going is, Get on the VIP list. If you're in the UK and you're interested in learning more about this course, shoot me an email, mahler25 at yahoo.com. It's easy. Go to my website. You don't remember that. Just say you're interested in learning more about the course because you'll get 20% off as being a show listener. I'll give you a coupon code. And so when the ad copy and registration page is up, which will be first week of February, you can get in early and make sure that you're one of the few people who can attend. It's only going to be about 30 people that I'm opening this up to. I want a small concentrated group so that we can have a good exchange of information. So take, get on that and anything you want to add, man? Uh, as of right now, no, because <laughs> I've uh, got about three minutes. <laughs> so I don't even want to get in and get all breathy or whatever and start talking. So yeah, people. So make sure you get on Mike's list for that. Get those reviews in, go to patreon.com slash LLA podcast, become a uh, premium member and uh, lots of goodies coming that way as well. And other than that, folks, we're going to let you get back to your life because it's been a, a while here on this episode, but it was worth it. <laughs> so we'll catch you guys on the next episode for sure. All right, folks. Take All right. Care. Take care, everyone.